throws a gap wedge right out. Have a look at him move! Blake, can you miss it? He's playing darts. Everyone else is playing golf. Heads down the leg side and they've got their man. He's brave. He's strong. He wins the derby. And the best team in baseball wins it on everyone on their feet. Stuff of boyhood dreams. Listen to that crowd roar. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And good morning everyone, I'm Ray Thomas and welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Huge show coming up, the gold medal rush continuing for Australia in Birmingham. If you're just waking up, we've won five golds overnight and early this morning. Um, Jess Stenson won the women's marathon, incredible watching that last night. Three Australian women, they finished first, fourth and fifth. All mothers returned to their sport and doing the country proud. Gold to Jess Stenson. And also, um, uh, we had Kate, Kate Dedekin win the 50-metre freestyle vision impaired uh, uh, goal in the pool earlier this morning. Madison de Presario won the marathon wheelchair as well. And the women's and men's have won the 4x100 freestyle relays just completed in the pool. In the women's, um, uh, they were fantastic. Emma McKean winning her 10th gold medal to equal the all-time record for an Australian in the pool, and she has a chance to break that. But plenty else happening in the world of sport. Co-host Dean Ritchie right alongside me. Dino, good morning. Love it when Australia win gold. Yeah, good morning, Ray. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Yeah, we're ripping in over there in Birmingham, Ray. I think it's going to be a, a gold rush throughout the entire event. So great stuff there to the Aussies. In our show today, Dino, we have got prizes galore to give away as well. So I'll just give our listeners a heads up. We're giving away two manly pride jumpers. Now, I'll throw to you in a sec, Dino. We'll let you know when we ask a question uh, pertaining to that. And the first SMS or caller with the right answer will win... um, those Manly Pride Jumpers will give two opportunities to win them. We also have a Z&Z watch to give away during uh, Peter Peter's segment in the second hour. Of course, the winner there gets a Z&Z watch with the team colours of their choice and with our League Super Quiz as in each and every week, $100 cash card courtesy of Tab. Dino, I was away this week, but you broke the story, read the Manly Pride Jumper, and boy, oh boy, didn't it create a week of controversy that continues. Yeah, it certainly did, Ray. I think I've been covering the game for 35 years. I can't remember a more expansive or bigger story. Mm. In terms of global, it was over in America. It went through Europe. It went through England. Absolutely extraordinary story. So much debate about who was right, whether these players should have stood down, whether they were wrong to do so. I'd love to hear what the listeners think Mm. on the open line as the morning goes on, Ray. I've kept a lot of my thoughts to myself, but... I will say this, Ray, I think everyone is entitled to have an opinion Mm. and everyone is entitled to have their beliefs. Not everyone agrees with those, but if we are trying to get exclusivity into the game, I think we have to respect both sides of the debate. I was going to say, and I'm 100% with you, and it was all about inclusivity. I think, Dino, tell me if I'm wrong, Manny's mistake was not communicating um, wholly and entirely with the playing group. Is that where the whole thing started to go awry? Yeah, but it was bubbling along for 10 months, this jumper, but the problem was everything was going along smoothly and, and I actually admire Manly for trying to do this, Yeah, but no one told the players. Mm-hmm. And the Polynesian players, as we know, Ray, have very strong beliefs and uh, you know, they didn't want to wear that jumper. 
uh, they've been labelled uh, you know bigots. It's ridiculous. Absolutely it's ridiculous. Unfair. They're entitled to their. They are entitled to their opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, right? Mm. I'm just saying they are entitled to that opinion. And if they didn't want to play based on their religious beliefs, then they are entitled to have that. I saw a report which um, contradicted what had been written the next year that they'd be happy to participate that's in the Pride right. round. Now, apparently that's not correct. That's not correct. Yeah. Okay. No. What's later said, Dean? Well, they mainly want to have a, 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 a Pride jersey next year, but clearly there's a lot of work to be done between now mm. and next year. They've got to um, you know, consult with the players. Let's see what it stands for. Let's see what it represents. Let's see what it looks like. Uh, I just think that dissenting players, Ray, the challenge now will be how they're going to integrate them back in to that manly side for this Friday night's game against Parramatta at Brookvale. Buzz Rothfield will be on the show later. Mm. He's got uh, an item in his column today saying that the players that did play uh, aren't exactly thrilled with the players that didn't play. So clearly there's a divide there in the Manly Club at the moment. What happens then next year if there is a Pride round, which I understand is being considered, what happens to the other clubs who also have a lot of players who may hold similar beliefs to the Manly Seven, so to speak? Well, there's a push for a Pride round next year, Ray, but clearly there would be some resistance from the NRL in terms of if seven players have pulled out of the Manly side, Ray, you would imagine that there potentially could be equal amount pulling out of all mm, clubs, yeah. which would ensure that the round so deteriorates into a farce. Where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us with incredible consultation with the players yeah. as to whether they would accept a pride round. This was on the front page of the Daily Telegraph for three straight days. That just shows you the enormity of this story. I just don't quite understand the vitriol out there directed at Either side. Yeah, I about to say, at either side of the debate here, because in essence, if we want to be inclusive, you have to understand and respect the opinions of both sides of the debate here. So getting the two together to meet, Dino, is not going to be easy if they want to have a pride round involving all clubs in 2023. Yeah. I mean, look, Trent Robinson had his say during the week, right? He, he had a veiled shot at the Manly Seven, as we call them now. Uh, but you know who's to say that the Roosters players wouldn't withdraw yeah. if they decided to have Panthers players, a Pride percent. round? It does go back to that old uh, theory, right? Should we be mixing sport with politics? Mm. Leave the politics to the politicians. Let sportsmen play sport. That is an argument. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I can clearly see why people are saying it. You know, do we need this kind of politics in sport? It's a debate in, in, for you know others what? to have. At certain times, but you know, I, I personally do believe that perhaps politics should be left to politicians. Yeah, I'm a slightly different view, only because I'm a half full glass person. I, I think at least the conversation has started now, and people are hopefully prepared to listen to both sides of this debate, and maybe that then can help take this debate forward. But it has been extraordinary reading it from afar, and well done, Dino, for breaking the story. Just quickly, um, NRL this week, so far, Manly did lose that game, but they were gallant in defeat on Thursday night, 2010 against the Roosters. On Friday, the Storm 24 got their season, or well, the winning, got that losing streak off their back, so to speak, 24-12 against the Warriors. Huge game this, Parramatta 34, Penrith 10, we'll get to that in a second. Yesterday, Raiders 36, Titans 24, 
Terrific game, this one. Sharks and Rabbitohs went to Golden Point. Second half, Sharks 21, Rabbitohs 20. Nico Hines with the Golden Point field goal to win the game. He's been the recruit of the year, I reckon, Nico Hines. He's been outstanding. Tigers, huge upset, 32-18 against Brisbane last night in Brisbane. Well done to Brett Kamali and the team. And today, the Knights take on the Bulldogs at 2pm. Dragons take on the Cowboys at 4.05pm. Dino, extraordinary round for so many reasons. We've touched on the Manly Pride jumper controversy, but the big one, Nathan Cleary being sent off in Penrith's loss to Parramatta. I think the score was 12-4 at the time. And to be fair, Parramatta were on top and playing great footy. What would have happened if Penrith had 30 on the t- on the field? I don't know. But what's latest with Cleary's send-off? And for Penrith fans out there, when will he be back on the field? Yeah, he's looking at either five to six-week suspension. Mm. So a heavy ban for Nathan Cleary. Uh, six if he fights and loses at the judiciary. Five if he accepts the early plea. You would imagine, Ray, he would take yeah. the early plea given the incident was black and white. Mm. He lifted him. He had his hands between his legs and he drove Dylan Brown into the ground. So I'd say he would take the five weeks, which would mean he'd be back for round one of the finals. And, of mm. course, Jerome Luai, also injured. He might be not, may not be back until the same time. So... Panthers still on fire, Ray. They're well clear. They're still going to be minor premiers. But as rugby league can do, it can throw up a hurdle out of nowhere. And Parramatta, we've often said they they can get up for these big games. They do so often against Penrith and against Melbourne Storm, for example. But um, they've had some negatives out of that huge win, 34-10, against Penrith. Mitch Moses, he's likely to be out for four to five weeks. Yeah, he suffered a broken finger in that game. Ray, uh, he will undergo surgery and as you say, he's expected to be sold on for at least a month. So that would mean, you would imagine, the maligned, the unfairly maligned Jacob Arthur would come into that Parramatta side and let's hope that the same Parramatta fans that cruelly jeered him last week will now get behind him and hopefully young Jacob Arthur can lead Parramatta into a top yeah, four spot. That was stagnant. Game was over. Jacob Arthur comes on, gets booed. I, I just don't understand that. Um, hey, I want to say one thing, Ray. Yeah, Sorry. To yeah, it, we should mention the manly drama has obviously overshadowed the women in league round. And yeah, we should true. pay tribute yeah. to, the, to, to the female players, the supporters, those that run the water, those that work mm. in the canteen, the mums cheering on their kids, driving them to the really footy. good point. Yeah. So to all the women out there, it has been a difficult and challenging week mm. for you in terms of the spotlight because of the manly drama, but certainly from Ray and I, we salute you. hundred yeah, percent. Just one more thing on the manly pride jump, if I can. I thought Des Hasler's press conference, he was he owned that. He I thought he was terrific and he showed true leadership. But this morning's press suggests his position could be in some doubt. I, that can't be true, can it, Dino? Yeah, Des has got clauses in his contract which trigger... Uh, extensions, yeah. and one of those is to make the top eight this year. So, of course, that loss on uh, Thursday Tough. night mm. was damaging because there were four clubs on 20. Now they've dropped out of the eight, yeah. and they've got Parramatta this Friday night. Massive so game again. Yeah. it's a difficult time for Des. Mm. We should point out too, Ray, that at 10 past nine today, our guest will be the Manly chairman and co-owner, Scott Penn. So we'll ask Scott all the tough questions as to how and why it all happened. And Scott will give us answers as to how this 
fiasco unfolded yeah, at exactly, Brookvale yeah. through the week. It has been extraordinary. Dino, last night's games, um, or just quickly, Sharks and Rabbitohs, I thought it was a fantastic contest, and Nico Hines got that field goal, as I mentioned earlier, to claim the victory for the Sharks, 21-20, and the Tigers, 32, Brisbane, 18, and you couldn't help but feel happy for the Tigers getting that, oh, that win. I was giving them a cheer, Ray. I thought yeah. it was terrific, particularly after, yeah, clearly, they were robbed last week. It yeah. was a terrible decision, and... It was one of the worst I've ever seen. I'm glad Ashley Klein's out, and let's hope he stays out for a while. But the Tigers won that physical battle. Mm. They won the play, the ball. They're all over the Broncos. And to me, Ray, that showed up the Broncos for who they are. A very good football team, but certainly not a premiership side at this point. I, I don't think we can put Brisbane into the bracket of premiership candidates just yet. I think you might have a different view on the other game. I think the Sharks and the Rabbitohs are both potential premiership contenders. I like the way the Sharks just do not give up a game of football. Rabbitohs came out of the blocks and, and they were dominating the game that first 15, 20 minutes. But the Sharks just they keep grinding away, you know, they don't go away. They're persistent. It was a terrific game, wasn't yeah. it, Ray? It was close throughout the entire game. I think Junior Totola scored with three to go to send mm. it to Golden Point. But, uh, yeah, certainly Cronulla, they are a top four side. Once they get there, I reckon they can give plenty of cheek, Ray. I thought Latrell was okay, Ray, but he got moved to left centre when Jed Cartwright Mm. was injured and young Cody Nicarima went back to fullback. And I just thought Latrell was less effective at left centre when he's pigeonholed on one side of the field as opposed to playing fullback when he has that freedom to pop up anywhere. Uh, He missed three field goal attempts, all to the left, but terrific game. Tom Burgess sent off late, Ray, for a high shot on Ronaldo Molotalo. I didn't think it was a send-off, though. Mm. I thought that was a bit yeah. of an overreaction. But Tommy Burgess. Certainly yeah. could have been mm. a sin bin or a penalty, but I thought a send-off was silly. But a terrific game, Ray. And we shouldn't mention, or we should mention too, rather, that the, of course, Raiders had a good win up there on the Gold Coast against them, the Titans. Keeps them certainly in the finals, Hunt. Again, just repeating today's games, 2pm, Knights versus Bulldogs, uh, Dragons versus Cowboys, 4.05pm. Then I want to go to the AFL, but just quickly, Frosty at Scone. Bulldog, why was Manly allowed to go with a pride jersey when it was women in league round? It took a lot of focus off women in league. Yeah, it's an excellent question, Frosty. Mm. I can't see the correlation between a pride jersey and women in league. Manly claim that it was all part of the one uh, goal to include everybody. Diversity, cultural, etc. So that was their theory, Frosty. But but I agree. I think all it's done this week is the the Women in League round has been pushed to Mm. one side, and that's very sad. And Ray's sent an SMS. Hi, boys. Love the show. I'm 76, and I miss the good old days when you could enjoy footy and other sports without dragging all these societal issues into it, which is sort of the point that you were raising, Dino. Then again, if it's used correctly, sport, particularly rugby league, which has such a massive following, can be a fantastic platform to to unite unite the um, people, can't it? In this instance, though, unfortunately, it seems to have in some respects, created a bit, of a bit of a chasm with some people. But at least that conversation has started, Dino. Yeah, it has. I, I, I understand what Ray's saying, and I tend to agree with him in, in some ways, Ray. I, I just don't know. Look, you, look, it's a difficult one. It's a sensitive one, and it's delicate. Mm. You're right, Ray. Rugby league's pulling power does have that ability to push forward elements of society yeah. that need to be pushed, mm. and I understand that. Exactly. But let's not forget who they are. They're football players, Ray, and they... Correct. A lot of them don't want to be dragged into politics. True. They don't understand it. Uh, they don't want to be used as pawns. And it's not fair on them 
to push them out in front of the media and saying, you are now making a political statement. They don't want to do that. And that's why I have sympathy for the Manly Seven, who I understand Dino were told not to attend Thursday night's game for fear of potential reprise, which that's their beliefs. And yet, if we want to be inclusive, you've got to respect everybody's beliefs. And that's where it becomes difficult. It goes back to your point that sometimes sport and politics, it's... Doesn't mix that well, does it? Yeah, Manly had chats with the police on, uh, mm. I think it was Wednesday night, Ray, and it was agreed generally that the players wouldn't go for fear of some sort of you know, recriminations. And again, people push for inclusiveness, mm. Ray, but they are entitled to go to the football. Yeah. For them to be virtually banned from their own home ground, yeah, that's, that's difficult wrong. to stomach. Yeah, they are allowed to go to the footy if they want, and they shouldn't have to put up with anyone roaring at them, mm. just as I don't think they would be roaring at anybody who decided to wear the Pride jersey. Mm. Exactly, yeah. Steve Hines, Steve says, Dino, Hines up there with Reynolds is a best buy. Do you agree with that? Connor Tracy, most underrated player. He's Mr. Fix-It. He's a gun. Steve, he's right. Connor Tracy doesn't get a lot of raps, but geez, he's a good player for the show. He's a Mr. Fix-It, isn't he, Ray? He can what? play a bit of dummy half. He can play here. He can play there. Scored a terrific try last night. And You know what, Ray? When you're trying to win a premiership and winning... Uh, and finish in the top four, mm-hmm. you need guys like Connor Tracy. Every side needs a player, and they've got one. He's strong too, right? Gee, he's got a big sort of upper body. He t- tends to fend the players off, and, yeah, he's a terrific, versatile player. Mm, you know, exactly right. Uh, Dino, this is from Peach of Bow Desert, and it's interesting because this, I think, goes back to the point that you were making. Morning, boys. Inclusiveness involves people of all races, creeds, sexuality, etc. This jersey in virtual signalling act has done nothing but divide the public without trying to get political our Prime Minister is trying to do the same thing right now regards Peach of Bodies that love the show and and that again goes back to your point Dino and it is difficult uh, Rugby League has a huge stage to create conversation and, and potentially to unite the country but I guess if lessons can be learned from what's happened with the Manly Pride Jumper last Thursday is that first and foremost inform the playing group and get everyone on the right right page, so to It's speak. a really, really valid point, Ray. Does any club who are about to propose a pride jersey for inclusiveness, mm. do they think it will be inclusive? Is it an image thing that they're chasing? Mm. Or do they know deep down this will be more divisive than inclusive? Yes, it's a point. valid yeah. point. Yeah. It is a valid point. And evidence of what we've seen in the last few days... Probably the latter. You can't tell me any club that does this expects everyone to jump on board. Mm. It doesn't happen. Ray, what about the racing yesterday? I didn't have a bet. I was away up at beautiful Terrigal at Star of the Sea with my darling mum and my darling... Oh, I should say my darling brother and my brother. (laughs) You ducked away too. We did. Beautiful. Um, We finally got that trip to um, Port Douglas that we originally had booked in January and Tanya had a fall and then um, other circumstances. It was our fourth attempt to get up there. But Dino, little uh, tip for bad players, if you're going to go this time of year, make sure you book well in advance. In Be- terms of? Because everything's booked out. Okay. Restaurants are How booked out. How was the out. airport? Uh, airport wasn't great, but I think they're improving. Um, it's not great time to travel, but um, just good to get some sun. It was Absolutely. We, we went... Um, Went to the Great Barrier Reef, Beautiful. went snorkel diving, snorkeling and everything. It was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. If you haven't done that, it's really, really good. Hey, Dino, AFL. Sorry? No, I was just going to ask you about Crosstalk. Oh, yeah. Well, no, In the winter yeah, challenge. No, sorry. Gee, gave a touch-up. And he that did. would push now toward the Villiers 
in December. With the wonders of modern technology, I was watching the races on the plane. Oh, that's your dream. <laughs> Wi-Fi on the we way up home. the uh, pointy end? Oh, of course not. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Wi-Fi on the way home. Saw crosstalk. Lightweight, lovely Sean Van Overmeer ride. He sort of controlled the tempo, dominated the race, and, and just too good. And look, um, Tullock Lodge, they're masters at bringing these horses through the grades and then rock-hard fit, lightweights, testing them at the higher level and getting the job done. If he heads towards the village, which has been renamed the Ingham this year, Dino, worth $2 million, that also, the winner of that race also is an automatic qualifier for the Doncaster. So that's the potential path for Crosstalk, but we'll talk with Adrian Bott a little bit later um, to see exactly what the plans are for Crosstalk. Other impressive winners yesterday, I thought Shades of Rose was was very, very good under James McDonald. We'll talk to Bjorn Baker a little later as well. And Troach, good winning the two-year-old opener. Dino, just quickly in the AFL um, this weekend, some important games. Melbourne made a statement over in Perth, beating Fremantle 85-39. to They're still a team to beat um, Melbourne. They'll be certainly right on track to defend the flag. Collingwood, their masters at getting out of jail in tight games. 88-82 against Port Adelaide. The Swannies, they're going along beautifully, Dino. 112 against the Giants, 39. St Kilda, 75, beat a late-charging Hawthorne, 63. Geelong, they look very, very hard to beat this year. They got gears, as the commentators were saying last night. They needed to find extra gear, and they did, and they came right away from the Bulldogs, 94-66. And this hurt Dino. Adelaide, 84, beat Carlton, 55. Just puts Carlton's position in the A a little bit precarious. Now, uh, today's games, three games to complete. Week 20 in the AFL. Gold Coast take on West Coast. That's the early game. Then Richmond take on Brisbane. Massive game for the Tigers. They must win that. Essendon take on North Melbourne. Right, a couple of texts I wouldn't mind reading out here. Rooster Man says, I lost my nephew from suicide for being gay. I love the controversy this week. It has raised the issue. Poor timing with women in league, but nephew would be proud. It has Mm. escalated this issue Love the show. And that's the point Rooster Man's made. At least the debate's happening now, and hopefully everyone learns from this. So if there is a Pride Round next year, everyone is on board with the reasons for it. No name on this. Pity Margaret Court's beliefs weren't respected. Just another mm. Australian who can't speak their opinion. Yeah, yeah. again, I, I feel a bit of sympathy for Margaret Court because um, she is of a religious... Uh, a bent, Dino, and that's, as, as we're trying to say, that is her opinion, but unfortunately she does tend to um, upset a lot of people with her opinions. Dino, are you enjoying the Commonwealth Games? I haven't watched a lot, Ray. Rugby League engulfs your life when you're reporting on it, mm. so I haven't had a chance. Uh, I was away for a day or two, as I told you, and then obviously the league was on last night, but certainly every time I look up, there seems to be another gold medal. Yeah, and the marathon was great to watch last night, the women's marathon. And even in the men's marathon, I've got to give a, a little rap for um, a, a tradie called Liam Adams, who finished fourth in the men's marathon, a really gutsy run, and he thinks the best of his career is still ahead of him. As I said, Jess Stenson won the women's marathon. Dino, we're talking about racing, and I've got to thank um, a regular listener, Michelle from Dubbo, for this, because last Wednesday there was an extraordinary incident at Doombin Races. A couple of escapees trying to get away from the police were running across the roofs of stables on track, etc. Police in pursuit? Yes, and they held up the races for about 45 minutes while eventually they cornered and arrested these two gentlemen. And Michelle from Dubbo sent me a a message saying, what about a talk-talk about bizarre incidents in sport? Because that certainly was one. If you escape, 
you really want to go for a bet first up? <laughs> Well, you yeah, think you'd exactly. go somewhere else, wouldn't you? Rather <laughs> yeah, go in the race a good track, point. Where you there's reckon, about 10,000 people. You reckon they went for, they had a good thing in the second issue? They went for either Doombin races. Anyway, the police did apprehend those two gentlemen, but it did hold up the race meeting for a while. But as Michelle pointed out, great talk topic. Bizarre incidents in sport. Bizarre incidents in sport. That was one. You got that one, didn't you? was one. I'll go back to 2013. Remember that egghead, Watty Hullwood? Is that Origin? Origin. The 2013. <laughs> it ended in. in Farcical scenes. Remember, he ran on the field wearing nothing but sneakers. Ran about a hundred meters. It was the old-fashioned streaker, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So I'll go. He's a big guy, wasn't he? Waddy Holmwood, the yeah, big guy. For me, were you there that night? Yeah, I certainly was. How long did that take to I, get him? I tell you what, I remember Laurie Daly, the Blues coach at the time, was filthy because I think we might have been on the attack or the game was delicately poised, and it <laughs> just meant New South Wales lost all that momentum that we had. Yeah. So we laugh about it. Now we laughed about it then, but it was it was a bad situation for the Blues. He might, might have been a Queensland supporter. I'm uh, I'm clutching excuses here, aren't I? If I'm <laughs> blaming Wattie Holwood for <laughs> That's losing. <all> right. <laughs> uh, bizarre instance in sport. What have you got? Yeah, when Evander Holyfield had half his oh, ear bitten yeah. off by Mike Tyson. Do you believe Mike. that? Extraordinary stuff. He did it? twice. Yeah, two cracks. That <laughs> it was the most extraordinary. That's our talk topic for today: bizarre incidents in sport. But we'd love to hear your thoughts on anything to do with the Manly Pride jersey controversy. Some tremendous results in Errol this weekend. Nathan Cleary send off the AFL. The Swannies going well, heading in towards the finals. Call us on thirteen fifty three fifty three SMS o four one nine seven six seven. Two seven two. Listen to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Talking all the overnight action. What a performance! What a moment this is! The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show. Race replay time. Dino at Rose. Rare Saturday off for me. Felt funny, but we were travelling back. So, do you miss the races? I do. Yeah, sort of Saturday's my little routine. It's my favourite day of the week, getting in the car, drive the races. You never know what's going to unfold. A bit like you're going to a rugby league match, I suppose. Well, you love your job, Ray, and I, I mm. love my job. I always have. But when you're in the office or you're working from home, it's it's nice, but mm. there's nothing quite like being at a live sporting event. Love live But sporting. you'd go anyway, Ray. Of course. If yes. I wasn't working, I'd still go to the mm. footy because I love rugby league. You love the races. Yeah, and we love our footy. And for extraordinarily, because we had no no chance, we had to book when we could, Um our little trip away <laughs> coincided with the one game we we're both looking forward to seeing, Parramatta at Penrith at Combank, because we're uh, Parramatta members, as you know. And um, I'm glad we weren't there, Dino. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm glad we weren't there. It was a good old-fashioned spanking in that first yeah. half. 30-4 at half. Can you believe it. that? Yeah. Could you believe the second half? 6-4. Yeah. With 12 men. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Rose Hill yesterday. We'll go straight into the second course. She's a nice filly Godolphin looking at stakes races next. Her name is Troach. Into the straight now. Troach held together by Jones. A length now on Hell I Am. Athletica is scraping paint. Then came Wave Rider Boy. Sweet Rider strung up. Further back then to Far and Ice. But Troach is going okay from Wave Rider Boy is closing in. It's Troach a half in front to Wave Rider Boy. There's still several lengths in front of the rest. But Troach has got a good kick. And Rich Jones will push home Troach and all the way winner Opal Ridge stormed home to grab second in front of Wave Rider Boy a gap back to Hell I Am double shot yeah, nice filly Dino she's got good tactical speed puts herself in the contest and uh, uh, she was too good yes the run of Opal Ridge was impressive flashing home to run second 
This winner was impressive. Four wins from six starts. Now she's going places. Her name, Shades of Rose. Violet Affair really being eyeballed by Shades of Rose. McDonald still has a good grip on the fave. Shades of Rose puts the head in front from Twilight Affair. And they've opened up on the rest of the field. Shades of Rose called upon now at the 200. Got the upper hand from Twilight Affair and got two. Three lengths clear. Then Petulant and Sneaky Page. But Shades of Rose, the short price favourite, home and hose. Snake, snake, Shades of Rose won it brilliantly from Sneaky Page. Four lengths away second. Ahead back third, Petulant. Then Riva Del Sol from Twilight Affair. Yeah, she's Lace going places, cleaner. Shades of Rose. And we'll talk to trainer Bjorn Baker shortly about his plans for her. We're also going to talk to the trainer of the winner of the Winter Challenge yesterday. He's a horse on the rise, Crosstalk. Crosstalk leads down the side by a length on Snippy Fox in a stalking position. Jojo was a man three wide, inching closer, approaching the corner. Then came Durston a length after too much to bear, two lengths to Monagle. Then Charlize kissed the bright Oscar Zulu and Gold Trip hugging the rails is trying to improve. Enter the straight now and Crosstalk slipped two and a half lengths clear. Durston railing through from Snippy Fox. Jojo was a man, then too much to bear. Monagle down the outside, but it's a long leader Crosstalk inside the 200 by three lengths on too much to bear then Durston gold trip making some late headway but crosstalk is well clear and Jean Van Overmeer pulls off the perfect ride on the hot favourite crosstalk by two too much to bear second gold trip got through for third in front of Oscar Zulu then Monaco yeah he rated the winner just right in front Jean Van Overmeer and two good crosstalk from too much to bear terrific comeback run by gold trip he's a classy horse watch for him when he gets out over a little further the last race of the season in Sydney was the ATC Thank You Trainers Handicap. It was fitting that Chris Waller capped his 12th consecutive Sydney Premiership with training the winner of the last race, Sir Lemur. Same American swings in front from Titanium Power. Marnik's going okay at the moment. Then came Canasta. Now Sir Lemur's looking to come off heels. Not getting much room there. Silent Agenda bumped it back in a pocket. Marnik's moves up now on the outside of Titanium Power. Sir Lemur gets the run now. And the favourite goes to the front, Sir Lemur. Running on Willis Torfeek last at the end, but Sir Lemur is stretching away. And the last favourite's home. Sir Lemur beat Torfeek last. Marnik's third. Titanium Power fourth. Then came yeah, had a good campaign at Sir Lemur and uh, an impressive winner there. Hugh Bowman rode three winners for the day. Gee, he's been riding well over winter, Dino. And usually Hugh Bowman takes a break this time of year, Dino, but it, I think it's a sign of his intent that he's really looking for a big season because he's ridden right through uh, the winter and ridden particularly well, as he showed yesterday, riding three winners on the final day. A stakes race in Adelaide yesterday, the Lightning Stakes, and this horse is a promising young sprinter trained by Will Clarkin called Extremely Lucky. They spread up and Kalos quickly raced up, took the lead. Now Royal Dress fights on. Caladream won't go away. It's Kalos in front from Caladream. Extremely lucky building down the outside. Kalos in front, extremely lucky, went swoosh. Extremely lucky flew to the lead and strikes in the lightning. Extremely lucky from Caladream. She is so game, the runner-up. 
Kalos is third. I am Bene Scorched Earth. Ojo San Keep reading Magic Max. It was a big win under 59 kilos by Extremely Lucky. And uh, as I said, he might be a horse who's on the rise going into the spring for Will Clark. And that was just his fifth start for three wins. That was racing around the country. Yes, so of course, we go to the new season next Saturday with the Group 2 Missile Stakes at Randwick. Hey, Dino, plenty of people want to have their say. And EJ's on the line. EJ, good morning. G'day, Ryan. G'day, Dan. How you going, boys? Terrific, mate. Thanks for waiting for us. Um, what do you got for us, EJ? Uh, a couple of things, weird things that happens in sport. What about an idiot that jumped the fences at uh, the Valley of November last year and oh. uh, nearly caused a pile-up? <laughs> yeah, Not right. only did he need to kill himself, he needed to kill the jockeys as well. Yeah, it's happened a couple of times now around the world, hasn't it? People jumping the fences in the middle of a race. There was one in New Zealand when the guy stood there and the whole field went straight through him, EJ. It's just, uh, someone's going to get hurt one day. And uh, this, um, I was just thinking about getting all this um, pride jersey and women in league round and Indigenous round and all the rest. I was just talking to Tanya there before. Like, not every family can afford to buy a new jersey every time there's a new round come around and the kids want to be up to date with everything. Mm. Why don't the clubs release it like a badge they can, or patch they can sew onto the, the original jerseys so they can keep up with this sort of stuff? You know what I mean? Like, not, not a bad point, Dino. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Good point, a lot EJ. Cheaper. Yeah. Uh, EJ, you're right. Uh, look, EJ. I think you'll find that uh, Dynasty Sport, who made the jerseys, didn't particularly make it for a money-making venture. Okay. They didn't make that many jerseys. Certainly, it's gone through the roof sales. Mm. They've gone back to a second and possibly even a third run race. So it's become a collector's item. And we're giving two away during this show. And we will give show. two away during this show. But I, I do know for a fact, DJ, that it wasn't done for profit. Yeah, no, very, very good point. Uh, Dino, plenty of people on the line. I think Peter is there as well. Peter, good morning. Good morning, Alfred. Here, um, 1954, um, England versus New South Wales, week before the third test, the Sydney Cricket Round. Yep. And the referee walked off, all of Oxford. What? That, that was a story. What, why did he walk off? Was a big blue, was there? Big fight. They wouldn't stop fighting, so he said the game's off, and he walked off. Fair enough. <laughs> probably filled 11 forwards, and they're out the belt, the backs, and there's... In the New South Wales side, oh. we were the back to the Australian side. Oh, I see. Were you there, Peter? Were you there that day? Yeah, or? yeah, I was there. I was 17 at the time. Uh, how big was the crowd? And, oh, oh, it wasn't as big as you'd think. Right. Uh, like, uh, it was a pretty damn day, and uh, the next week was the test, you know. Yeah, fair and, enough. Uh, right. it, it was booked out. And the other one was, of course, the uh, in racing, the Blue Arrow, it's when Shoemaker got like. Oh. The leg pull derby. Because of the camera. Yeah. What a big difference the camera's changed in sport. That's right. He was... It's become the referee lots of ways. Which is a good thing. Yeah, good bad. thing. Hmm. No, that was the leg pull derby, Dino. Um, Mel Schumacher copped a life ban at one stage. For, it was later reduced to 10 years. But um, great jockey, and certainly that was something that was haunting him for a long, long time. Adrian's on the line. Adrian, good morning. Hey, guys. Look, just two points I wanted to get your opinions on. First of all... Seriously, Nathan Cleary getting the same weeks as Corey Waddell. What a joke. How many mothers would have said after seeing what Cleary did? That's it. You're not playing the game ever. So I'm sorry. It's over. That was a disgrace. He should have got a minimum of eight weeks for that. It's appalling on that on that park. The other thing is, too, when he's someone going to call Mel Meninga to account, if Justin Holbrook goes down, Meninga was the one who convinced the club to sign David Fafita to an outrageous contract, which is totally has their... Salary crap hemorrhaging. Probably one of the worst value signings I've ever I can even think of. Mm. Yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah. When you look back in hindsight, one point two 
is a lot of money for a player that hasn't exactly lived up to those financial mm. expectations, right? You could probably argue he's on half that. Uh, so, I know, yeah. Zorb's always called Malmaninga to account. 100%, yeah. yeah. Mm. And look, you know what? I, I hate to agree with Adrian, but, but, the Cleary, but I have to. The Cleary thing. I, I think the Waddell and Cleary are, are poles apart in terms of uh, indiscretions, mm. and for them to be the same I think is ridiculous. I think either Cleary should have got more or Waddell less. But well, I, he would have got six if he, if he doesn't correct. appeal, correct? So you're getting five if, if he Correct, if he goes early, yeah. yeah. Having said that, I, I didn't attend the judiciary hearing for Waddell. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the evidence said, Ray, but to me it didn't look like there were fingers in the eye. Mm. It looked more of a raking action. Uh, you stay away from the eye. Mm. Let's make that point clear. Stay away from the eye. But if you're going to compare both crimes, I think there was one that was a lot more severe than the other. Okay. What about – we've had some SMSs about the Nelson Asafa Solomona incident. Did you see that? And why wasn't he put on report? Well, I thought he might have copped the charge. Wow. Yeah, I thought he might have copped the charge. That, that's Just attacking silly. the head, isn't it? Just silly. Essentially. A bit like the Jared Warrior Hargreaves yeah. uh, elbow on young Zach Fulton on Thursday night. But uh, Did, you yeah, know, still you know some what, inconsistencies On there. that point, you know what happened post-game when Jared, the cameras were on Jared when he was talking to young Zach Fulton and it looked like Zach was trying to walk away and Jared grabbed him. And I don't think they finished his mates. You know what was said there, Dino? Uh, all I've been told is that Zach might have been a bit of a cheeky young kid, Fair as enough. most yeah. kids are at that age. He had a go, didn't he? And I think Jared might have said something like, Show some respect for your elders, but that's what kids do these days. He had a go. I thought he was terrific. He was brought some energy, fantastic, wasn't he? Gee. And you know what? That's that real Fulton uh, bravado. He just and got out there. And thought, spirit. I don't yeah. care what who you yeah. are or what your name is. Yep. And he took Jared on one on one, and, and he frustrated yeah. Hargreaves to the point where Jared then did the you know the forearm to the face and exactly. Yeah, no, I think it was great. He did four tackles in a row at one stage. He was involved in four tackles in a row. Yeah, he really had a, a big. Big crack. A couple of SMSs here, Dino. Um, want to see what true leadership looks like? Listen to what Trent Robinson had to say. No sitting on the fence here. Pure quality. That was from Jeff. I did hear Trent Robinson interviewed about uh, the Pride jersey controversy, and Trent's points were really well made about um, Indigenous round, women in league round, etc. He said, "Why are we still having this debate about?" Pride and sexual equality. It was really well made. But we're having this debate, right? We're having it now. Yeah, don't want to play. Yeah, well, they weren't involved in the conversation. Maybe if they, if it was articulated to them what the pride jersey was about and what Manny were trying to achieve by doing it, at least have them on the same page, you know, so that they're aware what they were doing. So no name on this one, Uh, guys. I'd like to congratulate Manly. A gutsy effort uh, on Thursday night. The whole jersey thing. They did nothing wrong. Never cheated. Nobody was. Harmed. Well, I guess they did do something wrong. Mm. They didn't inform the seven players that they were going to wear a pride jersey. If they had done that, mm. perhaps we, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in right now. Got to say, the Seagull were fantastic. Tw- losing 2010, half the team. Dino, on our talk topic, Dr. Rudy's <laughs> got a beauty and he's 100% right. North Sydney over in the late 70s, I think, Don McKinnon decided. I'll say to relieve himself in the middle of the game. <laughs> no, you can read it. He says, take a slash. <laughs> Actually, Dr. Rudy, it was later than the late 70s and it was at North Sydney Oval. It was, I think, the very first game the Broncos played. It was up there at Is Suncorp it? or Lang Park so in, in 1988. In the 80s, 80s yeah. Correct. That was that was a, that was extraordinary. Hey, Dan, we better take a quick break. Coming up next is Bjorn Baker. You're listening to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Talking all the overnight action. What a performance! What a moment this is! The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. 
And welcome back to the show. I mentioned earlier, Dino, that Shades of Rose was really impressive yesterday and capped off another tremendous season for trainer Bjorn Baker, and he's on the line. Bjorn, good morning. Morning, guys. Thanks for joining us, Bjorn, and congratulations with Shades of Rose. She was probably arguably the most impressive winner at Rose Hill yesterday. A lot of upside with this filly, Bjorn. Yeah, there is indeed, and uh, she it was just good to see her get that win. I, I, when the first start, when she bucked, obviously uh, you're pulling your hair out a bit because she's got a lot of ability, and um, she's just got better this preparation. And I think a, a slightly improving track definitely helped yesterday. Yeah, agree. Um, James McDonald rode yesterday, and and what was the feedback from James McDonald to you post race? Reshades of Rose. Yeah, he was very happy. He, uh, I, I get the impression that he thinks she's got a really good future and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can keep him on. Bjorn, with Shades of Rose, have you managed to uh, curb that buck jumping that we did see? Yeah, oh, it's just she's never done it before. It's one of those things. Yeah, yeah so it's, I think it's more of a one-off Um that day, she was sort of in the gates for a long time and was fresh up too. She might have just been a little bit full of herself. She's definitely been a lot more settled before the race the last two starts. So I'm hoping it's out of her system now. But, uh, yeah, there's only one rule with horses. There are no rules, and, and that's one of the situations, yeah. Yeah, you just never think it's going to happen. That's why the sport's so intoxicating, isn't it? Bjorn, you just don't know what's around the corner. On that point, what is around the corner for Shades of Rose? Uh, we'll probably just look for another benchmark race in a couple of weeks, um, and then and then maybe we could look at some better options after that. But we're being patient with her. It's sort of paying off, so mm. we're in no great rush and, and probably just try and get her to work through the grades. She's got, she's got stakes race ability, hasn't she? Yeah, I think yeah. so, for sure. Yep, yeah, no. no doubt about that. I, I think she's definitely a black-type filly, and uh, the owners, um, Steve Gillard's had a couple of good mares with me in the past, and those colours, positive peace and Louboutin, so That's hopefully right. she yeah. can be uh, the third good mare for, for them. Exactly. No, she's got a lot of ability. Hey, Bjorn, 47 winners for this season. I know you had 58 last season, but still a tremendous year for the stable in Sydney, finished top four in the Premiership. I guess that underlines the competitive nature of Sydney racing at the moment, isn't it? There's no easy races to win, but the competition's so fierce. Yeah, it is. And and even the last 12 months, we've had a lot more competition come in. Obviously, the state money is extremely high. We've had another lift, and and so that means a lot of horses are coming from around the world to stables in Sydney. So... uh, there's a lot of competition and really you've got to get better otherwise you're sort of out the back door so um, even in the last couple of weeks we've got a couple of nice Europeans coming down looking forward to that but uh, no, it's a great place to train but it is mm. very competitive and unless you keep looking forward and attack you you can find you sort of spit out the back door pretty quick so thankfully we've got a lot of nice young horses coming through good team of staff and uh, Warwick Farm training facilities are good, so hopefully we can get the new season underway um, yeah. and uh, off to a good start next week. But how challenging has it been for you at Warwick Farm and indeed the other trainers, and maybe you're speaking on behalf of your entire profession when I ask this question, with the weather that we've had pretty much all year so far in Sydney, how challenging has it been for you as a trainer to get your horses ready, Bjorn? been really tough. I think mm. it's sort of been ongoing for five or six months. 
And it does. It takes a big toll. It's really hard to get consistent tracks. It's hard to know what to expect when you get to the races. Then you're racing on really demanding wet tracks. And then even logistically with your pre-trainers and spellers and horses sort of coming in and out. So it's definitely added uh, to the workload immensely. But mm. this made it really tough. And uh, sort of it's been tough on a lot of the horses too. You, you can't be too hard on them if they've had an ordinary prep. So... Mm. Yeah, it's been a challenge. I think some people, trainers, have probably handled it better than others, and personally, it's something that I probably could have done better if I had my time again. Yeah, I guess we all learn, don't we? We're learning every day of our lives, Bjorn. On that theme, then, uh, it probably hasn't been the the best program so far for Dynamic Impact, a horse who's got ability, but you're taking him to Forbes today for the Forbes Cup, which is a potential qualifier for the big dance. Um, could we see the real Dynamic Impact this afternoon? <laughs> yeah, this one that has been, uh, I think he needs a good track. He gets yeah. that today. So that's the big key with him. But he's been a hit and miss. His first couple of runs were good. He's been playing since. So um, if he gets anywhere sort of near back to his best form, I think he'll be very competitive. So um, he'll get back. I think it's a pretty big field, and uh, mm. they'll go quick enough to, to give him a chance to finish off. He's got a, a fair bit of weight, but the weight scale is quite high. So... Um, he's one of those ones that it's hard to back him with confidence, but if he puts his best foot forward, he'll be hard to beat. Bjorn, I know you love your rugby league, but, gee, you're all blacks. They are struggling. Yeah, they're in, uh, they're in big trouble in little China, unfortunately. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do there, but... Um, it's weird, isn't it? Because yeah. we're just so used to them winning... Everything, yeah. <laughs> ...year after year. Yeah, and they've got a long way to go. So, but I think too, maybe that we talk about racing and Sydney being competitive and state money, and Europeans have got big money competitions, and uh, definitely has sucked out a bit of depth in terms of Australasia. So, uh, you know, prize money talks, and, and that's what makes racing here so great. Who's your rugby league team, Bjorn? I, I didn't know us that before. Well. Probably the the Warriors, but I'm in oh, okay. Tigers country, so I have to support them. They robbed weeks ago too. Tell you what, Tigers and Warriors, that's not much of a choice there, Bjorn. I know, yeah. Only one way is up, yeah. That's true. Hey, Tigers were great last night. Yeah, though. they were fantastic. Hey, Bjorn, if there's one horse from the stable um, for our listeners to follow in the new season, is there one that really excites you? Yeah, I think Belucci Babe's going really, really well. I know we know her pretty well, but she had a good autumn and uh, the really good races, and she's back in the Missile Stakes next week. So yeah. um, I'm hoping she can put her hand up, get the season off to a really good start. James McDonald rides, and um, I'm hoping she can put her hand up and say so I'm an Everest contender. And the other Everest contender I've got is Overpass. I think yes. he has he really gone... Ooh, he's gone from a, a teenager to a man. He looks fantastic. He had his first gallop on the grass yesterday, and he went great. Yeah, no, he's um, he's a very, very promising horse. Hey, Bjorn, you've been great with uh, for our show all season and really appreciate your support. More importantly, very best of luck into the new season for the stable. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Bjorn. There's Bjorn Baker. He's had another great season finishing top four in the competitive Sydney trainers scene, Dino. Yeah, he's had a great year, hasn't he, Ray? Mm. Plenty of SMSs too coming in about uh, Manly and, of course, our talk topic. Um, oh, that's just flashed off my screen. Apologies, <laughs> Ray, go, as it does. One, you take one over. bloke said, 
Look, Doggy, look what you've done. Come on, talk about the on-field stuff, not the jersey. <laughs> Doggy, what have you done? He well, says. the reason you're texting is because we're talking about it. Exactly. Here's one, Dino, while you're looking. Good morning, boys. A prominent Sydney jockey riding his father's odds-on favourite led the field into the straight at a 1960s Boxing Day meeting at Tumut. The field rounded the corner. The horse veered to the outside fence. The rail, the jockey dismounted, took the saddle off and led the horse back past a very vocal but dumbfounded crowd of the enclosure and told the stewards the saddle slipped. Congratulations on your 100 shows. Looking forward to 200 from Desi Achumit. What a beauty. Our good friend Rocky Roy Miller, the legendary News Limited editor. Uh, 1964, Eskimo Prince wins the Golden Slipper race. His owner, Per Scalia, a huge punter at the time, cleaned up plenty and after weight was declared throwing five pound, ten dollar notes, notes yeah, yeah. to the cheering punters. I reckon he threw thousands <laughs> that day. Yeah. Just be pushing people out of the way that day, wouldn't you? <laughs> get the, get All bets are off. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He was a colourful character, Per Scalia. Hey, Dino, Tan's in studio because we've got the Forbes Cup meeting at Forbes today. And Marcel Brook as well. Good morning, Tan. We do indeed. Good morning, boys. Good morning, everyone. And we'll also have a quick look at the Sunshine Coast where there are 60 scratchings. Numbers only. Let's start with Forbes where the weather is fine. The track are good for the rail is true and there are 34 scratchings. From race one, take 12. Lady is waiting, number 12. Out of race two, the emergencies, 13 right through to 18. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 and 18. From race three... Number one, The Seeker. Three, Rakatoon. Four, Ballistic Kids. Ten, I Did a Thing. And 14, Witness to Love. One, three, four, ten and 14. Race four, number one, Final Statement. Emergency, 16 through to 19. One, 16, 17, 18 and 19. Race four, number three, Two Star. Four, Whiskey Jack. Seven, Willie Beer Factor. Emergencies 15, 17, 19. Three, four, seven, 15, 17, 19. Race six, one, Northern Nero. 10, Well in Sight. 13, Makuba. 1, 10 and 13. Out of race 7, Emergencies 15 and 16. And race 8, number 4, Sharpay Ruler. 6, Jinke Tori. Emergencies 13, 14, 16 and 18. 4, 6, 13, 14, 16 and 18 from race 8 at Forbes. Musselbrook, the weather is fine. The track a soft 6, the rail out 3 metres from the 1,200 to the 300 through the remainder and 39 scratchings. From race 1, take 6, absurd and 8, first secret, 6 and 8. Race 2, number 2, Calamity Fox, 3, Canny Prospect, 5, Forms of Fear, 8, Subuko, 12, Memoria, 13, Mrs. Patmore, Emergency, 17 and 18. 2, 3, 5, 8, 12, 13, 17 and 18. From race 3, number 1, Hallowed Sun, 4, The Seeker, 9, Alpine Bronze, Emergency, 17, 19, 20. 1, 4, 9, 17, 19, 20. Race 4, number 5, Oakfield Warpaint, 9, Thunder Knob, 12, Angela Sistina and 13 Barry's Lane, 5, 9, 12 and 13. From race 5, number 2, Abuela, 4, Custo, 5, Fox Break, 8, Diamonds Galore and 9, Girls Kick On, 2, 4, 5, 8 and 9. From race 6, number 9, Cease Fire, 10, Toto, 11, Zoologist, 12, Echo Road, 13, Air to Air, Emergencies, 15, 16, 19, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 16 and 19. And out of race 7, number 4, Hayami, 
5 Alessio, 8 Tornado Light, 10 Mooks Sister, Emergency 17, 4, 5, 8, 10 and 17 from Race 7 at Musselbrook. And up to the Sunshine Coast, where the weather is overcast, the track a soft 6, the rail out 11 metres the entire course, and there are 60 scratchings. From Race 1, take out the numbers 1, 2, 5, 8, 9 and 11. Race 2, numbers 2, 3, 5, 7, 9, 12, 15 and 16. Race 3, 5, 12, 14, 15, 16 and 17. From race 4, numbers 11, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 and 19. Out of the 5th, 3, 11, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Race 6, numbers 1, 4, 8, 10, 13 and 14. To the 7th, take out 4, 10 and 11. Race 8, numbers 1, 2, 6, 7, 11, 12, 13, 16, 18 and 20. And race 9, take out 5, 12, 14, 15, 16 and 17. That's 5, 12, 14, 15, 16 and 17 from race 9 at the Sunshine Coast. There's nothing left running in the Sunshine Coast, Tan. <laughs> 60 scratchings. Wow. Thanks, Tan. Uh, tips today at Forbes. I think race 4, number 2, possibly so, is in the perfect race for possibly so. Race 6, number 2, my old favourite, Kattegat, will be very hard to beat. At Musselbrook today, look, very short in the opener, race 1, number 10, Pharaoh's Reign, but we can get a bank with him. Then down to the last, this horse at big odds, Dino. Have a, you got some money? Have a little bet today. Race seven, number two, Rhapsody in Blue. About $26. $26 Back at each right. way, it'll run a race. So there's a gap wedge right out. Have a look at him move. Blink and you miss it. He's playing darts. Everyone else is playing golf. Heads down the leg side and they've got their man. He's brave. He's strong. He wins the derby. And the best team in baseball wins it all. Everyone on their feet. Stuff of boyhood dreams. Listen to that crowd roar. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Big second hour coming up. Plenty of guests and plenty of prizes to give away, Dino, including the first of our Manly Pride jerseys. So the question is, now for the first person who gets the right answer on the open line 135353 or SMS 0419767272 uh, will win this Manly Pride jersey. The question is, what was the score between Manly and the Roosters on Thursday night? Call 135353 SMS 0419767272 to potentially win a Manly Pride jersey. Big second hour coming up. Dino, just quickly back to the Commonwealth Games. Five gold medals we've won today, um, Australia. Take our gold medal tally so far to 13. 32 medals in total after two days of competition where... Well on top on the medal table. Madison de Rosario won the wheelchair marathon. She is a star. Jess Denson um, was terrific winning, winning the women's marathon. Katya Dedekin won the 50-metre freestyle for the vision impaired. Smashed a world record as well and was great scenes poolside then. Of course, she wasn't aware that she'd broken the world record until Kate Campbell interviewed her. And the same for our bronze medalist in that event, Kiralee Hayes. They weren't aware that they'd 
uh, uh, she'd won the bronze as well. So great scenes post um, the race there for Katya Dedekin. And our uh, 4x100 women's and men's freestyle relay teams both won gold medals in the pool as well, just repeating 13 golds for Australia, 32 medals in total, well and truly um, leading the competition. NRL, just quickly, um, plenty happening in sport. Dino, I want to ask you quickly about Nathan Cleary again. You said he probably should have got more than potentially he has, looking like receiving a five-week ban, but more than five weeks? Well, maybe one week, Ray, I think six. It was a pretty mm. bad tackle. It was one mm. of the worst I've seen in the last decade. Did, did Liam ter- Martin have anything to do with it as he was coming down? In terms of... Yeah. Uh, Dangerous throws. Yeah, yeah. But the point I wanted to make, Ray, was from the call before, was it, is it the same as Corey Waddell? Because mm. that's exactly the same suspension, five games. Yeah. So I think if you compare the two of them, and it's apples and oranges, I get that, different mm. crimes equal different suspensions to some degree because uh, of the grading system. But yeah. Yeah, to Joe Public... It doesn't pass the pub didn't test. Look good. Yeah, it didn't look good. And Nathan Cleary's defence, he came out and apologised on social media post the game. I know he's copped a fair bit on social media, but he, he's not a dirty player, Dino. But um, could this derail Penrith's season? Because they've got Luai out for an extended period. I think Stephen Crichton may be back this week from that horrible um, uh, ear injury he suffered uh, last game. But the seven and the six won't be there probably until week one of the finals. Yeah, I don't think it'll derail them, but certainly it's not ideal, Ray. You want to go into the finals on top of your game with a lot of uh, momentum and injury-free. I always say they're the two key ingredients to winning a premiership. Mm. Have momentum and avoid injuries if you can. So Penrith are going to have uh, both taken away from them. But look, you know they'll learn to play without Nathan. They'll learn to win without Nathan. Mm. And certainly when they come back, it will give that side one hell of a lift going into the finals. And uh, does it help Nathan Cleary in terms of him being then fresh for the finals or not playing in that month prior to week one? Do you just take that edge off? He'll be fresh. He'll he'll be fine. I don't think so, Ray. I think Mm. they'll come back fresh and ready to rock and roll. They're the outstanding team in the competition. If you think about last year too, he was out for an extended period after Origin, that shoulder Shoulder injury, injury. and came back on the eve of the finals and was terrific. Big second hour coming up. Peter Peters will join us shortly. The ZNZ Watch... We'll also give away a ZNZ watch, so listen carefully during uh, Peter Peters' segment. We'll ask a question at the end of that segment for your chance to win a ZNZ watch. Um, Adrian Bott will join us a little later after the win of Crosstalk in the Winter Challenge yesterday. The league super quiz. Dino, say it every week. Scorching. <sighs> Who won last week? I can't remember. <laughs> Generally, I don't remember it's because I've lost. We'll get Wayne to text in. It Wayne, might be 16-9, right? We're going to put Wayne on the payroll, we'll the poor Wayne guy. to text <laughs> in the updated school. Yeah, exactly. And Jared Daffy will join us a little later with today's live lesson as well with all things sport. Mossy's having a week off. He's gone away somewhere. I think he's in Bali. Okay. With no sort of football to talk about too much. So um, we've we've given him a week off. He deserves it. <laughs> he deserves it. But um, Those four-minute segments must be killers. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> Poor guy. He's there every week. He does a good thing for us. I'm stirring He's fantastic. Um, but, of course, love to hear your thoughts on 135353, SMS 0419767272. Anything to do with sport. And, of course, our talk topic today, inspired by Michelle from Dubbo, bizarre happenings in sport. And love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, here he is. He will have plenty to say about Manly's pride jumper and indeed what's been an extraordinary round so far in the NRL. Peter Peters on the line. Zorb, good morning. Morning, Raymond. Morning, Bulldog. 
Hey, so where do we start? We, we... Let's start at the start. Okay, let's I mean, go. It's been an amazing, exciting drama charge round 20, and there's more to come today, but from kick-off at Four Pines Stadium on Thursday night through to full-time at Suncorp last night, the NRL's been jam-packed with drama, key player send-offs, shock results, and brilliant play. And as I said, let's start at the start in a hijacked uh, women's in-league round, which is the unfortunate side of what has been a great, um, exciting and interesting round 20 so far. Now, a gutsy manly, seven players out of the side, went down 20 to 10 to the Roosters before an emotional uh, crowd there at Four Pines. Now, more news on Manly later, but a player-only meeting this morning will attempt to bring the side together. No officials, no coaching staff, no outsiders. The meeting will be vital for the club going forward with reports of a split playing group getting louder, and I hope today that the the three big player voices in the team... Jake Krabojevich, Daly Cherry Evans, the captain, and Josh Alloy take charge and sort it out. And they're going to have to um, because they're no closer to sorting it out than when the players stood down uh, early in the week and said they wouldn't play um, and they haven't changed their minds on what they've done. Mm, that's um, interesting. Friday man. night sent shockwaves through the Premier's Penrith with half-back Nathan Cleary sent off and he won't be taking the field before the finals uh, following a horrible lifting tackle, which I don't think he meant. Um, mm. He was just, he, he just got his hands in the wrong place and the other players involved, it just went wrong. Uh, he's not that sort of player, Nathan, but he's got to suffer the consequences and he will. Mm. And that tackle was on the Eels 5'8". Um, Dylan Brown, thank heaven, as he didn't get injured. With Jerome Luai out now, um, injured for a while. The Panthers' famous depth will be tested. Um, That's the second time this year that they've gone down to Parramatta, and that was 34-10, to even though they they fell away a bit in the second half, Parramatta. That was a great victory for them, and they've also got their star halfback, Mitchell Moses, out Mm. uh, for some time with a broken finger. So a lot out of that game. Boys, I, I don't think the referee had any choice but to send Nathan off. Oh, no, no doubt. Hey, Zorba, I know um, Dino once talked about your original point, read the Manly Mean, but just yep. quickly for our listeners out there, our first of our winners for the Manly Pride jumper, Jason Haig from Tomarong. Congratulations. He has won the Manly Pride jersey. We'll get that out to you as soon as we can. Dino, I know you want to talk to Zorb about the Manly meeting this morning. Yeah, Zorb, whose fault was this? Is there a witch hunt? And what do you think will unfold at this player-only meeting? Well, Bulldog, Tony Mestrov, the new CEO, starts tomorrow. And um, if he had a job fixing up a then um, fractured greyhound industry when he took over Greyhounds New South Wales a few years ago, um, this is equally as big um, for the pride of the peninsula of the Manly Seagulls. I I hope that he's allowed to... uh, to go ahead and do what he's got to do. Obviously, he's going to put his feet, feet under the desk and look into what's gone on. It's been handled poorly. Uh, the thing I can't get away from in all of this, and I spoke to Peter Rackett, the um, the managing director of Dynasty Sports. This all started, and they, they produced the jersey. This all started last November. Um, and there's, a, there's an email trail um, on going back and forth. So various 
parts of the club knew about it, um, and that included the football department. So I can't understand how the football department didn't pass it on to the coach or the players. To me, and I've been in that position as football manager, nothing goes down without it going to the coach and then to the playing staff. So where that fell down, I don't know, and obviously that's the problem. Um, the marketing team, I think, have done their jobs. They they contacted every department within the club. The emails will prove that. And I can't understand how it got to the point where coaches and players weren't made aware, and that's obviously something that Mestra will have to sort out um, when he goes to work um, tomorrow. And what, what happens in this meeting, Zorb? What, what do you think will unfold? Mm. You say officials have been told to stay away. You're, you're obviously referring to coaching staff, Des Hasler. Well, the players just want to sort it out themselves. Yes. They've called the meeting and they want to sort it out themselves. Um, they don't want any outside voices. Um, the seven that, that didn't play are, are no closer to wearing that jersey uh, than they were last Monday when they made their choice. Mm, it's interesting. And, and the first they knew of it was when they saw your story, Bulldog, on um, was it Monday? Correct. If a lesson is to be learned about inclusiveness, that's to include everybody as part of the program, well, I think. Yeah. There's a missing link somewhere there yeah. that the club's got to sort out. Um, Scott Penn, the chairman, is back from uh, New York for a period, so it's good that he's here. Um, it's good that the club uh, can sort it out, and I'm sure uh, Tony Mestrov will go a long way towards that once he starts tomorrow. Um he would be aware of what's gone on. He's been informed all the way through by by um, the, the staff and the board. So that'll be interesting. Mm. Interesting text here, Zorba. Tolerance is a two-way street. If we are supposed to accept inclusiveness, then why is it so hard to accept people's personal and religious beliefs? I think that's a valid point. Well, it is. Um, look, there's, there's a lot going on at Manly. Um, while we're on them, let's... Uh, Let's go through with some news there. Um, Manly have uh, got good value out of the veteran Andrew Davey in, um, uh, from Parramatta. He's played really well um, in the last part of the season. Um, Canterbury Bankstown has signed him uh, from Manly, and he'll play alongside Viliami Kikau and the rest of the, uh, the Bulldogs next season. So that's big news coming out of, uh, coming out of there. Uh, they've offered a train and trial deal uh, for 2023 to ex-Warriors uh, and Parramatta Hook and Nathaniel Roach, who was a good young player out of the Warriors. He's had a lot of injuries um, and um, hopefully he can revive his career. Um, and um, the talk of uh, last Thursday night, um, the grandson of the great Bob, mm. late Bob Fulton, um, Zach Fulton, who I thought did very well. Um, everybody seemed to agree on that. He has no manager. Um, he um, he just plays the game. His dad, Scott, is uh, Manly's talent scout. And rather than show any bias towards any player manager by having them in, having his son with them, um, the kid has no manager. Oh, that'll have to be sorted out because he's a real talent. I thought he played great. He did. His yeah. debut on, Friday, on Thursday night. He did, yeah. Talking of great, gee, I, I love that game last night between the Sharks and the Rabbits. So many twists and turns. And Nico Hines, I've said it earlier, one of the buys of the year. He just keeps stepping up for the Sharks, Thorpe. Yeah, and look, golden point. Mm. 21-20, what a game. And as you said, Nico Hines' field goal in the, 
I think, seventh minute of uh, yep. of overtime. Pulled off the win in a great struggle. And, and of course, Tom Burgess was surging in overtime. He made a couple of great runs that should have resulted in a field goal for South to win the game. But Latrell Mitchell, who normally guns them over, he missed several ones. And then, of course, he took out um, the Sharks winger, Ronaldo Molotalo, and um, was sent off in extra time. The Sharks got great field position from a penalty in Hines, who called for the ball, iced it. Um, it was a, a terrific win. And up at, and in that game, I've got to mention too, Alex Johnson, congratulations to him. Mm. All-time top 10 try scorers he's moved into now, and to think they nearly lost him a couple of years ago. I want to give a big rap to the West Tigers. They they were, well, I don't like using the word robbed in, uh, in, in rugby league, but they were harshly done by, um, as it turned out, up in um, in Townsville last week when they could have had an upset win over the um, the high flying North Queensland Cowboys and who would have said that they had a chance against uh, uh, against the Broncos that have been going great at Suncorp? I thought Adam Dewey um, shut everybody up and said I'm the five eight going forward with a um, inspired thirty two to eighteen upset win uh, last night. He was great, Dewey goal kicking scoring tries, setting them up. I thought he was outstanding, easily their best player on the field. Um, it was a classy and courageous win by the Tigers. Um, and, of course, last night, Canberra stayed alive uh, in a run to the finals with a 36-24 win over the Titans. Zorba, I know that you have been uh, helping your great old mate, Greg Hartley, who's gone through a couple of tough periods in his life recently, particularly around where he lives up on the Hawkesbury and the flooding. Uh, you got a bit of news on how one club has helped the great Hollywood out. Yeah, Canterbury Bankstown, his beloved Bulldogs. He he loves the Bulldogs, Greg, and mm. um, he was um, he was really much on board from, uh, from the start of his career with Canterbury. He worked for them for many years as their marketing manager. He was great mates with the late... Great Peter Moore. He, he he has two prized possessions that he saved, and they were two bulldogs, um, which were um, uh, which were mounted for him. Silver bulldogs given to him um, in a presentation by Peter Moore, the late Peter Moore. Um, and um, you know, we call for assistance on this show. You've helped Bulldog, um, and 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 everybody sort of joined in. Um, and five thousand dollars was given to uh, uh, to Greg's bank account this week from the Bulldogs to help repair um, an extremely damaged uh, caravan, which is unlivable at the moment. And this will allow him to buy some vital uh, appliances and just help him get, get his life back together. Lots of people helping. The men of league are coming through. But to uh, John Curry and his board, mm. um, congratulations for putting the family spirit back into the Bulldogs. Uh, Alan Sullivan and, and the team at uh, Men of League are also helping helping. So that's fantastic news for Hollywood. Yeah, best of luck and well done to the doggies there. Speaking of the doggies, they are taking on Newcastle up at Newcastle this afternoon, Zorb. Head-to-head, uh, the Knights are two seventy. The Bulldogs are $1.47. That's the 2pm game. The other game today, Zorb, at 4.05pm kickoffs. St George Illawarra take on the North Queensland Cowboys. The high-flying Cowboys are $1.40 head-to-head. The Dragons $3. How do you see these two games, Zorb? Who would have thought six weeks ago, that the Bulldogs would be yeah. odds on yeah. to beat Newcastle in Newcastle. Good point. I mean, Good you, point. You, you would have been put in a straitjacket. Mm. Um, 
But the Bulldogs are, you know, under Mick Potter, they're playing some exciting football. Are they? Well, they're averaging about 28 to 30 points a mm. game. Zorb. Yeah, they're they playing are. some ripping footy. They are. And um, I, I, look, I, I think they're specials today to beat Newcastle, who are without Caelan Ponger. And once they don't have him in the side, they lose a lot. Um, they've still got a lot of origin players in their side. Um, and by all accounts, they should win. But I, I'm, I'm going for the Bulldogs. I, I think they're playing without fear. They're enjoying their football. And um, and congratulations to the halfback, Kyle Flanagan, who, you know, has been knocked from pillar to post. I mean, if the kid reads newspapers and, and listens to, to all of the comments in the game, uh, he would have given it away earlier in the season. But he showed great guts and determination and, and skill. And good mm. luck to him. And I um, I hope he goes well today. Um so I'm going for the Bulldogs to win that one. Um, and I, the other game is so vital to the Dragons. If they lose this one, they'll lose touch mm. with the top eight and their chances will probably go. Um, they're at home at um, the Strata Stadium at uh, Cogra. Um, you'd have to give them a chance with Ben Hunt in great form, but he's going to have to have a while of a game today for them to beat the Cowboys, who have got so much strike power. Um, and I, um, I think that um, I'm going to go for the Bulldogs uh, to win, all up into uh, the Cowboys today, and um, that's going to be interesting. Um, uh, interesting final two games, and next week, um, oh, Roosters Broncos. We start off on Thursday. Roosters Massive can't afford round. to lose that. Yeah. Manly Para on Friday with maybe the seven players back. We'll know more about that later. Manly can't afford to lose that one. Um, Raiders against Panthers on Saturday night. The Raiders can't afford to lose that one. Panthers under strength. They won't get a better chance And down there in Canberra. And then the Sharks versus Dragons, the local derby on Saturday. So a lot to look forward to. A lot more news coming, uh, I reckon, out of uh, Rugby League this week. It never fails to deliver. Ah, fantastic. And neither do you, Zorb. Appreciate your thoughts always on a Sunday. And we'll talk next week. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Orb. There's Peter Peters, as always, right on top of everything in the NRL. Dino from the People's Republican at Queanbeyan. Morning, guys. Just leaving the Gold Coast after watching my green machine. The Mighty Raiders get the jo- got the job done yesterday. The Titans have a really impressive setup, and they should be travelling better. People's Republican from Queanbeyan says, Happy birthday. Happy 16th birthday to my daughter, Ella, who got her wish of coming to the Gold Coast and watching the Raiders win. Happy birthday. They're hanging in there, the Raiders. They are, I've yeah. said before, eh, mm. for the last few weeks, they're a, a side that you wouldn't want to play in the finals. They've got a little bit of X factor. They've got some toughness about them. Their forwards are going well. And I just would be, a, if I was in there, mm. I wouldn't want to play Canberra. I'd no, just be thinking, you know what, what? I just, yeah. I'd rather avoid them. Dino, you might remember this. I can remember. I don't know what the day, the year was, or what the game was. But John has said, "Re our talk topic, which is bizarre incidents in sport." Morning, Dino and Ray. Forget the details, but I remember Martin Bella in a state of origin. I think was twisted around the tackle, stood up, and played the ball to the opposition. <laughs> Haven't seen it before or since from John. Remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. I can't remember what game that was, Ray. But yes, <laughs> Big Eddie Munster, they used to call him. He still lives up there in far North Queensland. He's a tough player. Martin Bella. Great spot far north Queensland, Dina. Yeah. The weather's magnificent. <laughs> You're Listen, missing it already, right? I am, yeah. This is um, 
he doesn't want me to give his name away. It's a mate. He says, morning, Ray. Read your talk topic. The 1974 Doncaster. Now, Dino, listen to this. When Tontonen set a weight-carrying record for a three-year-old. But his win was overshadowed by a young couple streaking stark naked to the, from the infield across the track at Ramick near the winning post before the horses competing in the Doncaster past the post. There's a famous picture. Tontonen's rider was the late, great Roy Higgins, who always possessed a wonderful sense of humour and quipped afterwards, the colt won by a long head. we better go to a break. You're listening to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Talking all the overnight action. What a performance. What a moment this is. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show. Now for your chance to win a ZNZ watch. Now you can do that by calling the open line 1353 53 or SMS 0419767272 by answering this question. Which manly player did Zorb say was leaving to join the Bulldogs next season. So open line 135353 SMS 0419767272 for a chance to win a Z and Z watch. We have, yeah. Do you think people listen to hear our opinions or they just want the freebies? Well, when the board lights up like <laughs> Like a Christmas tree, and the so SMS they don't really is start, so, no, they? exactly, and the SMS is start flooding through. <laughs> I don't think they care too That's much. All right, we got thick skin, Ray. Yeah, and we they, get it, but they do care what our guests say, which is they'll be looking forward to hearing what Adrian Bot says about crosstalk. And Adrian's on the line. Adrian, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, thanks for joining us, Adrian. I wasn't there yesterday, but I was watching within um, interest. Crosstalk. He's just risen through the ranks and he just keeps getting better and better. Big step up yesterday to listed level. He handled it like an old pro, Adrian. Yeah, he, he certainly did. Um, you know, I, I must admit he's probably caught me off guard a little bit there um, with the with the strength of that win. Um, yeah, he sort of probably progressed through through to that grade a little quicker than um, yeah than, than we thought. And then, as you said, just to sort of do it with, with ease. Um, yeah, it was certainly very, very exciting for him going forward. I I guess he wasn't sort of treated too well there at the weights with them sort of being a bit compressed as well. So I thought it might have been a bit of a task on a, on a few fronts there yesterday. Mm. And, um, yeah, I even thought he'd get to that level. Um, but as I said, I thought it may have been over a little bit further and in, in distance, that is, and, yeah, probably a little bit further down the line time-wise. But he's, um, yeah, not going to um, deny him the chance there on Saturday. Yeah, and he's got a, an admirable racing pattern, hasn't he? And by that I mean he's got tactical speed. He puts himself into a contest and, and to use that cliche, he makes his own luck. He does, yeah. He's, he, he's, um, he's so honest. Um, yeah, he, he's got that good good high cruising speed that, um, you know, sort of helps probably get a few of the others out of their out of their comfort zone and, and he's able to sustain that. So uh, I guess he was able to sort of do that at a, at a, at a lesser lesser class, and um, yeah, the, the sort of times sort of seemed to the figures that sort of always seemed to stack up. But I guess it was always a different sort of level, um, sort of sustaining that pressure against the the better class horses. Um, so it was good to see him be able to handle that that, that rising class. Mm. Adrian, in your opinion, just how good is Cross Talk? Yeah, as I said, um, I, I I I thought it was going to be a nice, um, obviously, sort of stakes quality horse for us but I, I thought it would be once we sort of get him out to maybe that sort of 2,000 metre sort of mark um, I, I wasn't you know entirely sure he'd have the brilliance at this um, you know shorter 
shorter trips against some of the better class class horses. So, um, you know, at, certainly at the start of the prep, I didn't think he'd be uh, finishing up winning a winning a stakes grade in in, in that manner at, at, at that sort of trip. So, certainly been um, you know a little bit little bit surprised in, in that regard. Uh, and where to next with him now, then, Adrian? Uh, yeah, haven't haven't decided. Um, actually, haven't had a chance to speak with. With Gay yet either, I think she's sort of just making her way back. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just see how he sort of comes comes through that run. Obviously, sort of that that tough sort of um, pattern. Um, you know, he's sort of been spacing his races as well. So seems to sort of be working working nicely for him. But being mindful, he's been up for for a while. Um, I still think there's a lot of development to go with this horse physically. So. Uh, you know, 12 months down the line, I, I think we can find a nice big target for him. Um, so whether we pull up um, pull up now and sort of uh, look at some of those sort of nice races towards the end of the year and, and, and then sort of focus on the on the autumn next year for him, I'm not entirely sure yet, or, or, or we may be tempted to carry on a little bit further into the, into the spring. No, he's a nice horse. And Adrian, overall, 156 wins for the stable across all tracks in 2021-22. You've had a fantastic um, season with five Group 1s, almost $15 million in prize money, and 49 winners in Sydney to uh, be top three in the Premiership. Best season so far since the, the partnership was formed about seven years ago, top of my head, Adrian. So you must be happy with the results the stable achieved um, in the season about to end today. Yeah, no, very much so. Obviously, each year you sort of, um, you know, set out to, um, you know, in, improve on, on um, you know, what you've done to date. So it's sort of been, I guess, that's, you know, very satisfying that we've been able to do that. Um, you know, that's going to be the, I guess, the new benchmark for us now going forward and um, something we've got to improve on again in, in the next season. So uh, we've got a nice team around us, some, some nice, young, progressive horses that hopefully allow us to, to do that. And we've had some great support behind us, so... Uh, no, very, very thankful for that and look, looking forward to the new season. And, and I think for our listeners who um, want to watch Sky Thoroughbred Central on Tuesday morning, there's an important set of barrier trials at Ramwick at 8.30 in particular, Adrian. I think we'll see some of Tullock Lodge's potential spring stars converges due to trial. Daj Run, I still think there's a good race in him. The very promising in the Congo is also in that trial along with Sacramento. You've got good trialers all day, but that's a little sign again of the stable depth going to the new season. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Um, yeah, that'd be good, good, good heat there. Um, I think in the Congo is back in good shape this time in and um, Converge sort of got a nice preparation for him, sort of long prep head, so um, still only early days. So they're, they're all open to some good improvement off, off, off their trials on, on, on Tuesday. Um, and we saw a couple go around at Gosford on Friday as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple of, you know, particularly a couple of those sort of younger two rising three-year-olds, uh, a couple of them stepped up nicely there on, on Friday. Yeah, trippy. If Gay's coming home, do you get a break, Adrian? Uh, you no, work right I, through winter. I, 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 I was able to have a couple of weeks off over the over the winter, so uh, no, it was very very good. Went uh, went went back to America and uh, with my wife Jess and mm-hmm. saw her family. It'd been a long time since she'd been able to get back there, so that was very good. And uh, yeah, certainly back uh, focused and, and and very much looking forward to the carnival. All the good horses back there. You know, you you, you couldn't get Adrian Bot to go on holidays if you paid him now. Adrian, what about Ray <laughs> taking off in the middle of the season? Four days up in Cairns. <laughs> Wouldn't happen if you're a rugby league rider. <laughs> His dedication to the sport's got to be questioned. 
I'll tell you how dedicated I was, Adrian, how embarrassing I was. I was watching the races on the Wi-Fi and the Qantas plane on the way home yesterday. <laughs> People were looking at me left, right and centre. <laughs> but it's that time of year, isn't it? The good horses are back. We saw some good horses yesterday. Uh, crosstalk, we, I, I suppose, as you mentioned, a race like the Villiers or the Ingham um, could be his golden ticket into the Autumn Carnival in Doncaster next year. Yeah, that, that, that could be perfect. You know, it seems like a strong mile is going to be, be um, mm. you know, be a good way to go with the race being worth two million dollars as well. You know, it's a, a big target. You know, you really sort of need a, you know, I guess in previous years it was always a, a good race, but certainly um, it's probably a, a, a bigger sort of um, race on the calendar now with that, that yeah. prize money there. Um, and obviously, it's always sort of held that 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 um, yeah the, the, the ticket into the uh, the Doncaster, which is certainly certainly enticing in its own right as well. And one quick question: How's in the Congo coming up? Super, uh, very happy with him. Um, seems nice, um, nice and forward, and um, yeah, very happy with the way that he's coming up uh, this prep. So he'll have two trials, and you know he's likely to resume uh, in, in a month's time. But seems seems to be back. Um, yeah, where exactly where we want him? Yeah, no, he's a he's a gun. Hey, Adrian, congratulations to you and Gay on a on a wonderful season, and he's hoping that 2022-23 season is bigger and better again. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. There's Adrian Bott, trainer of Cross Talk, who was very impressive in the Winter Challenge. Then now we've got a winner for our Z and Z watch. Now, honestly, this is done at random, so <laughs> there's no drama oh, the way here. This has started. The winners come from far north Queensland. <laughs> Did you meet someone? No, we didn't. No. Did you promise someone? No, no absolutely a not. A free cocktail no, for a watch? No, this is all above all board. Right. Okay. Joe Dyer from a, a suburb of called Deeragun in Townsville has won the um, ZNZ watch. I'm not sure what his team was, Tandit. Manly. His team was Manly. There you go. So it's honestly, got a bit of a quiz smell about it. No, it doesn't. Speaking of a quiz, there's an SMS there from Steve from Rudy Hill. Did you read that one? I out? haven't read that one, no. Something about can we have a, a quiz? Oh, no yeah, controversy. A clean one. <laughs> Willow from Winter text in yeah. too, right? A bit off the topic, but I was listening to Bruce McIlvaney commentate a bit of the women's marathon. He is an absolute national treasure. I could listen to him all day, much like your great show, Ray and Dino. 101, not out. Yeah, Good on you, Willow. Well, they might be a... Life member at the Penrith Cricket Club, I think. Willow, is he? I think he is. Yeah, from Wins, a good man, Willow. He's yeah. a regular listener. I didn't tell you, when at the airport yesterday, I was biding some time before I go and look at some shirts, might buy a shirt or something. I went up to the um, the sports shop thinking, oh, let's see what shirts they got here. They had a lot of them. All Cowboys, Dino. Oh, intense. Cowboys. Nothing else. No yeah. other club. They're was up there. up there, aren't they? It's all the Cowboys. Great they, league fans. They love the Cowboys, and they, of course, play the Dragons this afternoon. Dino, better take a quick break, because coming up next is the League Super Quiz. So call now on 13-53-53. Call now on 13-53-53 for your chance to win a $100 uh, cash card courtesy of Tab with the League Super Quiz. Talking all the overnight action. What a performance. What a moment this is. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. League Super Quiz time. We haven't got a score update, Dino. Well, I'm not sure where Wayne is. He's our rock. He might and he's having, gone missing. He's had a break. Good luck to him. like you and I. He might have just ducked away for a couple of days. Because you look, did it's as about well. 16.9, roughly. Okay, all right. But Wayne can confirm... That during the week, yeah. and we'll see where today leads us. Now, we're a bit down on troops today. Um, panel operator Hamish is away, so we're lucky we got Nick in the chair doing a super The great cognac! Yeah. Um, producer Steve's gone down. He's so not, not just working. doing everything. Poor old Tan is doing absolutely everything. <laughs> Including... 
The coin the toss. toss. Heads, please, Tanya. In studio, Tanya, is a coin toss. <gasps> Tails, it Tails. is. That was a dubious uh, toss I might add. <laughs> Given Ray won that, well, I you, won't say anything. Are you happy with that or not? Oh, well, well uh, if look, you're not, I'm you, you not can going choose. to start a quiz drama. If you, if I'm just saying that <laughs> didn't actually flick in the air. If you're, oh, oh, <laughs> Thank yeah, you, exactly. Nick. Well, you can choose then. There you All go. All right, I'll go number one. Uh, player number one. Okay. John, are you there? Yes, I'm there. How are you, pal? Oh, yeah, going down a bit too with the flus. Oh. Not, not the dreaded COVID, John, just the flu? No, 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 not the COVID, just the flu. Actually, people say the flu is worse than the COVID a lot of the time. John? So, yeah. Yes? Have a cup of concrete for breakfast. Let's uh, get into it. You can't it. say that, then. The bloke's, the bloke's rung up. He's Phil and crook. He's done the right thing. <laughs> John, question number one. Which club has been top of the table and bottom of the table during the 2022 NRL season? Jeez, good one. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> um, have a stab. I'll go, I'll go Cronulla. No, thank you, Nick. It's actually Newcastle because yeah, they went they went two they no, were, and then they just correct. went they were on top a losing after streak. round two, yeah, and then right. bottom after mm. round eight. That's okay, that was, John. That was a tough question. Yeah. Yeah. We'll fight on. What year did Ivan Henjak first coach the Broncos? Was it A two thousand nine? B, 2010, or C, 2011? Okay, B. No. Incorrect. Did he replace Wayne Bennett? Yeah, he was 2009, one year out there. John, none from two. We need this, John, to make it competitive. Which sponsor is on the front of the Canberra Raiders jersey? Is it A, Toyota Forklifts, B, Canberra Milk, C, McDonald's? Uh, uh, the forklifts. Well done. <laughs> good work, inflation. John. Well done. <laughs> no, One good from on you, three. John. Well done, John. On the board. Well what done. What did you John. say? No, no, it's on the board. You said no. something, though. I didn't say anything. I heard something. No, we're across to Sam. Don't upset my man, Sam. He's got a big job to do. Sam, good morning. Good morning, Ray. How are you? You feeling confident, Sam? One to tie, two to win. Absolutely. Okay, best of luck. Here we go, Sam. Question number one. Who won the only game in 2022 played between the bottom-placed Tigers and Titans? Uh, uh, that's a hard one. Um, yeah. St. George. Yeah, no, unfortunately, no, it was the Titans 8 6. Remember, remember that game, didn't it? 8-6? Yeah, I think there was a mistake from the Tigers right that's on full right. time. Might have been the young Madden. They should have won. Fumbled the ball. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Sam, we need this one to tie. Question number two. It's multiple choice, Sam. Which of these clubs did the Brisbane Broncos win the most first grade games against? A. Western Suburbs. B. North Sydney. C. Balmain. Balmain. Oh, oh, what's no, going on oh, there? No, no, unfortunately, Sam was actually Western suburbs. <laughs> but we need this, this one. This is Sam. quiz drama. No, we're still in the contest here. Sam, we need this one, though. Multiple choice. Okay. Which of these Sharks won the Dally M medal twice? A, Steve Rogers. B, Gavin Miller. C, Andrew Eddingshausen. Gavin Miller. Well done. You're confident on that one, Sam. Yeah, I was. I was going to stay before you even said the question. Okay. It was all over. Good it. on you. Yeah, well done. Hey, Sam, we're into a tie-break question. So here it is. What is the South Sydney record for the longest first-grade losing streak? Now, the answer, Sam, is between 1 and 100. Losing streak? Um, 13. Okay, stay on the line. Sam, over to you, Dino. John, we're in the tiebreaker here. Yep. 
And the question is, what is the South Sydney record for the longest first grade losing streak? And the answer is between 1 and 100. 14. Oh, he's got and it. That's I all she wrote. Yep, it's closest. The answer is 22. John, you're closest to the correct answer. So congratulations, John. Thank you. Hey, John, we've All got right, a $100 cash card courtesy of Tab is coming your way. So, John, stay in the line. We'll get your details and we'll get that prize out to you as soon as we can. Okay, thank you. Good on you, John. Good on so, you, John. Dino, you, you won. So, sixteen ten. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Mitchell Lloyd's message in too, right? Willow is a member of the Hawkesbury Hawks Cricket Club, not Penrith. Ah, okay. So, Willow, well done on being a Hawks yeah, life good member. Yeah, oh, Willow, he's a regular contributor, and he's, I think he's a Panthers fan too by memory. I think he so. is. I think he is. I played at um, Windsor's Ground. It's actually a really good ground these days. You drive past it sometimes, um, and it's got... It's got a um, Benson's Lane with the cricket credit over years. Now I'm talking the rugby league. Sorry, Nick. Um, Benson's Lane is a batsman's paradise because I've batted there many times. But uh, the rugby league ground on the way out of Windsor, um, Windsor Wolves, yeah. Windsor, Windsor Sporting, Sporting Complex. Complex, that's it. It's got a nice club and everything there now. Might I just have a little grandstand, but it looks fantastic now. And. Uh, um, you don't really care, do you? Do you? <laughs> You're not even listening to me. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to Google something as I'm listening, <laughs> Ray. I'll tell you why in a second. All right, well, we better go to our next guest because this is important. Coming up next with our life lesson is Jared Daffy. And now, Jared Daffy's life lesson. Hey, Jared, good morning. The life lesson for today. Good morning to you both. Dino's a lateral thinker here. He should be able to answer this. Go for it. How do you draw a blank? <laughs> That's very true. It's very good point. You can't do that, can you? No. You in in any shape or form. You can't draw a blank. Well done, Jared. I like that one. Hey, Thank Jared, you. you got the imprimatur from Dino. Yeah, he's been a bit That's off That's the lately. first time this year, I reckon. He's back to form. He's back yeah, to form. It's amazing what a little win can do for him. He's, he's won the quiz and <laughs> oh, he's point. up and about. Uh, up going about. back to one of your earlier winners mm-hmm. uh, of the Pride jersey, yeah. Joe Dyer from Townsville. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that would be Joe Dyer, the Greyhound caller uh, from Nick, Townsville. Nick's nodding his head. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, at least we've got, so, least, at least we've got so listeners on, up there. So you do know of this person? I, I haven't met Joe Dye, but I know of him, yes. Okay. Not until this week. <laughs> Is yeah, that I reckon there's a couple of this? free cocktails. This. You know the ones with the little umbrellas in them? <laughs> I'll I tell you what, i tell you what, though. If you ever get a chance, can I, can I give a place a plug or am I allowed to or not? Go for it. Sea Temple at Port Douglas. What is it? Outstanding. Bar? No, no. Hotel? Where, everything's where you stay. Right. It's got the best um, pool you've ever seen. Out the back, 100 metres away, is the um, the beach. It's just... Have you been up there at all, Jared, to Port Douglas? No, I've, I've never been beyond Sunshine Coast. <laughs> you do yourself a favour. If you ever want to go up there, one, the weather's magnificent this time of year. But secondly, Sea Temple was fantastic. And the golf course is right across the road too, Dino. So you can't... You've got everything there. Well, I guess you would have been inundated with fans wanting selfies and autographs, etc. No, zero. No, no. Oh. None. It was a reality check for Ray. <laughs> check. He gets away from the races. Oh, no, no she was really good. And, and Jared, if you ever want to do it. And um, you've been snorkeling on the reef? That is an experience. Haven't done that. Two Ray, things. Yeah. Ray. Yes, Jared. There's sharks in the ocean. 
No, not up there. You don't have um, great whites oh, up there. Oh, they don't go up there? No, the water's too warm. Um, they, they stay in the colder waters down south. But they told us, and the only reason I know it's because we went out first on the little submersible, Jared. Am I allowed to talk about this, Dino, or not? I know oh, it's a you're show, but I know yeah. I am rambling. And it's that was, a life lesson. Yeah, that was fantastic because you get like a little submarine. You could see the reef, which gets you all fired up for your snorkeling session, and away you go, and it's bloody fantastic. Anyway, thanks for your segment, yeah, Jared. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Jared, we'll we better move on. <laughs> NRL, yeah, sorry, Jared, I'm rambling on. Uh, NRL today, <laughs> two games to complete the round. Newcastle against the Bulldogs and St. George Illawarra versus North Queensland. And they are pretty short, the Bulldogs, as you spoke about earlier. Uh, their form warrants it. Uh, they're forty-seven to beat the Knights, two seventy, a line of six and a half points there. And the Dragons out to $3. The Cowboys, forty. That line is seven and a half points. And obviously on the back of... Uh, Nathan Cleary being out for a month, there's been some changes to this premiership market now. Penrith were $2 before uh, that match, they're out to two fifteen. Cronulla are into seven fifty, so second favourites now. North Queensland at 8, Melbourne at eight fifty. Brisbane still at 12, Parramatta into 13, the Roosters 13, South 15, and then it's 51 or better for the rest. So some fairly decent changes to that market. you got a cold, Jared? I've got the flu. Right. But I'm soldiering This is on. more courageous than Sattler, you coming on today. Yeah, we've got yeah, people yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Okay. <laughs> well, while we get a bit of courage out of you, can you give us the AFL betting and uh, maybe flag betting? Uh, yes, we kick off with a shorty today. The Gold Coast, $1.17. West Coast, $5.32.5. Uh, one of the matches of the round is Richmond v Brisbane. They yeah, have to win yeah, Richmond. Yeah. Uh, $1.80, Brisbane at $2.00. And then Essendon. A dollar and eleven. Who would have thought that a month ago? One dollar eleven to beat North Melbourne at six fifty. A big line there, forty-one and a half points. And we've got one up for. We've got next round's matches up for both cards. But Friday night, Melbourne a dollar fifty-two, Collingwood two fifty-five. So we'll, <laughs> we'll get a feel for where both sides are at there. Premiership now. Geelong are into three fifteen. Melbourne are into three forty. Sydney into seven fifty. Brisbane at ten. Collingwood fourteen. Carlton oh, out to oh. seventeen. Mm. Yeah, 17. Fremantle from 11 to 21. Richmond 21 and the Bulldogs out to 34. So a fair bit of change there for those sides at the bottom of the eight. Uh, But Geelong and Melbourne uh, head the market at the moment. Yeah, losing that game in Adelaide, Jerry, that could come back to haunt the Blue Boys. See their run home? Not easy at all. Hey, Jerry, having mentioned this, and I'm remiss not to do so, England take on Germany in the women's Euro final tomorrow morning. I think it starts at 2 o'clock our time. England it had does. a big win over Sweden, 4-1. Germany beat France to qualify for the final, 2-1. This is a massive game at Wembley early tomorrow morning, Jared. It is, and, and many, many forms of betting on this one. The one 90 minutes of play, England 250, draw 310. Germany at $2.80, and just to win the cup, so this is irrespective of whether it's inside normal time, 90 minutes, because that has the draw in there, extra time or a penalty shootout, England favourites here at 180, Germany 195, so just just be made aware there that if you're betting to win it overall, that's the way to go, uh, that particular market's listed under winner of tie. What about the Commonwealth Games, Jared? You can bet on anything here. Commonwealth Games, you How you many can. markets you got up? Wow. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. And, and some of those, I don't know how they do it, yeah. uh, some of these sports. I just imagine sourcing information. But obviously the focus has been on uh, swimming, although 
How good was that uh, marathon last night? Gee, but... it was great. Jess Stenson. Uh, the, the three ladies, and I said to Dino early in the show, Jerry, they're, they're mothers who made decisions to come back to their sport, yeah. and they yeah. finished first, fourth, and fifth, and were fantastic, weren't they? Yeah, certainly an amazing story there, but there's stories coming left, right, and centre yeah. here. But, and Liam, uh, Liam to... Adams and the sorry, Jerry, Liam Adams yep. and the men, little little trade, he ran his heart out to finish yeah, fourth. He, he was great. So He did. Yeah. Uh, tonight, or into tomorrow morning, we've got uh, each semis um, of some of the women events tonight. Kaylee McEwen, $1.30 to win the women's backstroke. Uh, the 100 breaststroke, uh, uh, Tatiana Schoenmaker from South mm. Africa, she's short there at $1.35. Chelsea Hodges from Australia at $7.50. Emma McKeon in the 100 metres freestyle. This will be interesting. $1.15, Molly O'Callaghan has performed very well. She's at mm. $4.75. Uh, the women's 200 fly, Elizabeth Deck is from Australia, $1.55. And then the women's uh, 50 metres back, uh, the Canadian girl Kylie Mass, the favourite at $2, but Kaylee McEwen, two seventy five there. So I've got plenty of markets open, not only the swimming, but everything else to do with the game. So do go you, and check them out. Yeah, do you have one for the overall medal tally? And I should mention that at the end of day two, Australia, 13 golds and 32 medals in total. Clear it, leaders, New Zealand a second with seven golds. Do you have an overall... Not at the moment. Okay. I know it was a dollar twenty-five into a dollar twenty before the games got underway, okay. and then yesterday, after eight the first night, it was a dollar twelve. What did we get last night? Another half a dozen, five One or six. Five, yeah, yeah, five last night. So it'll be really, really short today. That market hasn't been open yet, but it'll be there a little bit later. Loving the Commonwealth Games. You know what they say, Jerry, when too much sport is never enough. How good is I that? Had, uh, Footy, mi- Commonwealth Games, everything's been great. A mini crisis averted last night. Which was? Luckily the bride had thought about this and got some more some new batteries because uh, the, oh, the remote, remote conked out. <laughs> it conked out. <laughs> the lovely wife. She's come through again, Jerry. She has. <laughs> hey, Jerry, good on you, mate. You've come through again as always. And we'll talk next week, eh? See you, lads. There's Jared Daffy talking the world of football. For our Brisbane listeners, they've got to go to Pass the Post. Um, but Dino, just quickly before we go to the news. Just two quick uh, SMSs have come through. Strange things in sport. Well, Adrian hasn't bagged Kalen Ponga today. <laughs> That's weird. That comes from Shane from Butterham and Ned from Newcastle. Boys, what about the woman who ran onto the field and gave Hollywood Hartley a spray? That's right. Her name is Mary Locke. Yeah. I interviewed her last year. One of the nicest ladies you will ever meet. Was way back in 1980 at Leichhardt Over. One of the most infamous Moments in rugby league should get her on? history. She's she a champion, great, Mary. Yeah. And if you're listening, Mary, hope you have a lovely day. And just before we go to the news, controversy in the quiz. Uh, here we go. Hang on, Sam. Did Sam just say he knew the answer before Ray asked the question? Bulldog Excellent and question. How would he know that? I think what he was saying. How does he know the question before the answer? Someone says, no name. You'll have to get Roger Rogers in to investigate this cheating in the quiz. <laughs> Throws a gap wedge right out. Have a look at him move! Blake, can you miss it? He's playing darts. Everyone else is playing golf. Heads down the leg side and they've got their man. He's brave. He's strong. He wins the derby. And the best team in baseball wins it all. Everyone on their feet. Stuff of boyhood dreams. Listen to that crowd roar. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray in our final hour. Very shortly, we'll talk to Scott Penn, the manly owner, about the controversy of the last week, which, Dino, you started, my friend. I certainly <laughs> did. I didn't quite think it would explode like this. Oh, jeez. But, my what. goodness, it's uh, become one of the biggest stories, it's not only is. in rugby league, but, uh, you know, 
in every other facet of journalism around the country this year. It certainly has. Tanya will be on a little later with her sports update. Also, will Phil Buzz Rothford will join us after a little week off, and uh, Buzz will have all the latest league news. We're also giving away another Manly Pride jersey. That'll be, we're doing that asking a question after we talk to Scott Penn. So hang around for your chance to win the second of those Manly Pride jerseys. Our talk topic today was bizarre happenings in sport. If you've got a thought on that or anything to do with sport, the open line is 135353, SMS 0419767272. If you're just joining us, Australia won five gold medals on day two of competition, the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. That makes 13 golds and 32 medals overall. Australia a clear leader on the medal tally at present. New Zealand are coming second with seven. England have six, but a great start to the Commonwealth Games. I'm loving at Dino and I'll be channel surfing again this afternoon tonight. I will channel surf to some degree. I can't, bit, bit I of can't warm to it incredibly, right? I, I can't sit here and tell you a fib. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it, but I'd still rather... I'd rather win a third of the medals that we win as Olympic medals than win 100 Commonwealth. Oh, I see what you're saying. Six or seven gold medals at Olympics would mean more to me than 50 medals at the Commonwealth Games. That's yeah. how I feel. I know you love it. No, yeah. That's fine. I've that's got no right. problem with that. But I, I just can't warm to the games as much as I used to. I think their relevance is in some question. But I get it. We've got to cover it. And it's big. And I accept that. And they work hard. Mm. But just it's just a personal thought. That's all. Yeah. Just a personal thought. How about Shane from Butterham? <laughs> Looks like Ray's getting a free trip to Sea Temple at Port Douglas. No, no. If something's going on, Shane. Oh. I don't know what it is, but no, I'll get to the bottom to of it. Nothing to do with that. Stu from Cronulla. There might not be too many great whites up there, but there are plenty of tiger sharks and crocodiles. And Simon, happy birthday to ST. He's also texting. Might not be great white, but plenty of crocs and stingers up there. Well, this time of year, Dino, there's not that many stingers, so you, you can go swimming, although... You know, they are about, but it's a quiet time of year for them. Willow from Windsor's picked me up too, Ray. Mm-hmm. His message in, wash your mouth out, Dino. Not the Penrith Cricket Club, it's Hawkesbury. Well, Willow, I did correct myself before you text in, but I'll do it again. Yeah. Just to make sure that you're at ease. Fair enough. Hefo from the Gong, he's just asked, he's having trouble with the app. Now, um, if I were looking into that for you, but... Um, if you can, just try the Tab app. That's working well. So um, if you get an opportunity, try the Tab app, but let us know how you go. Well, Dino, as we mentioned earlier, you certainly create a lot of controversy this week, but I think the positives out of this, and you know me, I'm a half-full glass bloke. I said at the start of the show, the conversation has started, and I think everyone can learn from what's happened in the last week. I think mistakes is an incorrect term to use, but we can all learn from what's happened and potentially make Pride Round bigger and better next year. Let's get the thoughts of Manly owner Scott Penn, who's been good enough to join us this morning after a week of controversy, and Scott's on the line. Scott, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Hey, thanks for joining us, Scott. And Is that a fair way to, to start this, this interview by saying that what has happened, at least if you look at the positives, it's created a conversation around this topic, which hopefully people can embrace and or at least understand better going forward? Absolutely. I think, I think you're spot on with your comments. Uh, just then, Ray, in terms of, uh, I think mistakes is the is the wrong term for it. I know that uh, you know, it's been deemed that management got this wrong, but look, we we really were celebrating everyone in league. That was that was the intent of it. Um, it was it was never about sort of isolating anyone in the community. Um, we wanted to have a conversation. We wanted to 
make sure we were uh, you know as inclusive as we could possibly be and and that was the intent look the the end execution in terms of how it was portrayed um you know may obviously caused uh, a massive media storm which was never our intent um this was a celebration of inclusiveness it was never intended to to divide so i think uh, the end result um in terms of how how it played out was unfortunate but i think as you said, you know we're we're confident that at least we've opened the conversation, and and are very hopeful that going forward and in 2023 we can we can talk about how we can really make it even bigger. Mm. Scott, you're as a club uh, was seeking inclusiveness, which I think we all applaud. <coughs> Given that, I assume then you would have to accept the views of those seven dissenting players. Oh, absolutely, Dean. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, we respect we respect everyone. I mean, that, that you know, I think if we potentially we we could could have you know, from a naming and narrative point of view, we we could have called it a respect jersey. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think that that I think that we could have, but but to be honest, uh, when we first sounded out, you know, management and you know, we did include fo- the football department in that and football management, and and they signed off on it straight away in terms of the. The concept and intent, everyone in league, but I don't, I don't think anyone thought it. It um, it could be you know taken taken the way it has been, um, mm. but nonetheless we're here. So in terms of going back to the to the seven that you you mentioned, we totally respect their their religious beliefs. Um, you know, I think if, if we had more time, um, you know, after your article on Monday, it obviously created um, a, a narrative that that we had to deal with that put them in a difficult position. Mm. So I think we then, we only had 24 hours to name the team. Um, I think given more time, we would have been able to find a solution. But but the 24 hours, I think, made it very difficult for us to um, to work through a solution that could work for everyone. Yeah, which so, is a good, yeah. good point, isn't it, Scott? People have overlooked that. You had to name your side within a day of this whole thing sort of erupting or blowing up, which did put the club in a difficult position. Hey, Scott, we had um, Peter Peters on earlier and he um, uh, revealed that the players are meeting this morning pretty much off their own bat to discuss this issue, probably amongst others, uh, amid some reports of division in the club. But I think what the Seagulls showed on Thursday night with their spare parts team, if I can use that expression, um, if that spirit, if that if there is division in the club, there's also a tremendous spirit there because they were fantastic. So, are you aware of today's meeting and what are you hoping might be the outcome? Yeah, look, I mean, I'm certainly aware that the playing group is, is getting together, um, and uh, I wasn't fully uh, across the exact timing. It was either today or tomorrow, but mm-hmm. but um, look, uh, it's really important that everyone gets together and and just talks it through. Um, I don't. You know, there's not a deep divide as, as has been reported. I think there's um, some frustration in terms of the way this all played out, and so I think. But I think what, what the the boys showed on Thursday night, they, that courage and determination and spirit is going to put us in really good stead for the next five weeks coming into the finals. So, you know, that I met with, I met with the this. Well, I met with six of the seven. Josh was injured so he he wasn't training but I mean I spoke to him um, a little bit later but you know they they're very determined um, they were put in a difficult position and and we um, 
there's absolutely no hard feelings at all. It's now it's about, and, and as I discussed with them at the time, your focus now is on Parramatta. Um, don't, you know, don't worry about tonight. You guys just get out and train and get, and start, start your focus on Parramatta. And they, they were incredibly determined to, you know, make sure that they contribute as, as much as they possibly can over the next five weeks, um, to put us in the best possible position. So, you know, I think we will see a, a, a very cohesive team for the next five weeks. Um, you know, as, as you just mentioned, you know, the, the there, there needs to be a bit of a clear the air session, um, you know, which is perfectly normal in these circumstances, and and that was either going to happen today or tomorrow. So it's um, pleasing to hear that it's it's on the cards. Yeah, Scott, I found it interesting when Zorba said um, the meeting today. Uh, there were no officials going to be there, no uh, coaching staff, no Des. Obviously, you're not going to be there. It was player initiated, so clearly, you know, as you said, they want to clear the air. Exactly. I mean, I think that the um, that's I can't speak for them. To be fair, um, you know, but you know, it was an emotional week, and uh, you know, I think it was difficult. You know, that the circumstance put everyone in a difficult position, so it wasn't. Um, and it was unforeseen. Let's be real. This this was an unforeseen circumstance. We were we were actually we couldn't be more proud of the initiative in terms of everyone in league. So I don't think it was ever intended that we would be here and as you know as you both know you know when these circumstances happen and and you know there's significant media attention the the pressure is on and as we've seen this week everyone's got an opinion um so you know and and you know the the seven were very clear in their in their view and and their religious beliefs and we totally respected that um they've certainly copped it from certain certain circles um and that's unfortunate because you know we we um didn't didn't ever want to put them in that position um yeah scott i might just read you two paragraphs from uh buzz rothfield's column this morning and i'll get your thoughts the player boycott he writes at manly could prove costly for veteran coach des hasler hasler has a clause in his coaching agreement that he needs to make the finals this year to trigger an extension uh i realize obviously contracts are you know confidential, but can you just enlighten the fans as to where the situation is with Des, please, Scott? Oh, look, I mean, Des has a contract for, you know, as long as he wants, really. I mean, it's not, there's no, there's never been, um, it, it hasn't been about, um, you know, putting pressure on or otherwise. But I guess, you know, the, the fact is that um, when Des came back to the club, we, we, um, we didn't, you know, I think modern day contracts for coaches and, and players, you know, if you sign sort of four or five year contracts um, and then you have to have a difficult conversation, it's, a, it's an extreme impost on any club to have to pay out that contract. So, you know, I think it's, you know, I think you guys have employment, con- we, all, we all have employment contracts that potentially have, you know, three or six months notice in them. Um, and that hasn't been the way that, that, coaching contracts have been they've been sort of fixed term contracts so we just you know i'm not going to go into detail but but we have rolling extensions if you like um and there's automatic you know but there's there's automatic renewals based on based on performance so it's it's um you know it's a sensible contract really 
Um, and but at the same time, you know, Des is there for you know as long as he wants to be, and as, as long as he's performing. Hey, Scott. Um... As we said, there were some positives that come out of this, and one of them I thought was one of the moments of the 2022 season. I'm not a Mounting supporter, but when Zach Fulton moved onto the sideline and ran onto the field on Thursday night against the Roosters, we were watching from a fair way away in North Queensland, but you could feel the energy around the ground, and he was terrific. I think he got involved in the first four tackles he was on the field, but seeing someone like Zach Fulton and that name, Fulton, running onto the field again at Manly. They were great scenes. Oh, they were. It was absolutely brilliant, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for Anne and the Fulton family, it was it was just magic. Um, but he also, you know, he absolutely, you know, proved himself. He ripped uh, in, didn't he? As an accomplished yeah. player. He, he yeah. was yeah. super aggressive. You know, he, he, brought, he brought some upbeat energy that we needed at the time and wasn't afraid to get in amongst it. So I think that, look, you yeah, absolutely. There were seven guys out there who um, may not have got that opportunity anytime soon. So you know you have to, and they all did an, an, a wonderful job. You know, you, you, all of them stood up and and um, did their best. So you know, I think given given the circumstance, given they'd really only um, been together since you know Wednesday from a training point of view, hmm. um, I think it was an, a remarkable result. Um, and so, yeah, but we, you know, Zach has a very bright future and, and we're excited for him. It's got all this drama, for want of a better you term. You Dino. <laughs> Which I created. I've given Scott another couple of grey hairs. Are you banned from Manly Paranormal Friday night? I Scott about a million grey hairs over 15 years. Sorry, Scott. I, could, I was thinking about that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Is oh. he banned from Friday night's game against Para? When Scott? I see you next, I'll bring a little bit of a chestnut rinse to wax through the hair. <laughs> exactly. Uh. But, Scott, it just comes down to this, doesn't it? You did the right thing. You wanted to do the right thing. You wanted the club to be portrayed well, and it just came down to players not being consulted. That's the bottom line here. Who knew? Who didn't know? All this other side drama is fine to talk about, but it just came down to that situation where players who should have been told weren't told, and if they were told, we wouldn't be here right now. And I'm not on a witch hunt now, Scott. I'm just trying to merely point out that had that been done, that one simple act and it could have all been sorted. Most likely. Yes. I mean, I think I think in terms of, um, look, I mean, we don't normally, you know, with, with jersey designs, you don't normally get players involved. It's just it's normally a commercial decision. And look, from a due process point of view, we did. Also, the commercial team did raise it with the football team or football department, and they signed off on it. So the football department, like, they did know. So the football department did know. Yes, okay. did absolutely. So it wasn't it wasn't as if this was done without consultation. So it was done at con- with consultation within the management team. Um, and and to be fair, look the the way it was positioned in terms of an everyone in league jersey. I don't think anyone thought that it it was going to be controversial. Um, and so it got it got signed off by the football department. Um, Des wasn't wasn't necessarily across it, but it did get signed off. So so I think, you know, it's hard to blame the commercial guys if it gets signed off. Um, now, could the football department have gone deeper? Absolutely. And But no one's... But once again, this is not a witch hunt. This is this is um, a, a review in terms of what can we do better next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, no one wanted to... No one wanted to have 
the negative publicity that's potentially come to the club this this week. But we also will cop that on the chin on the you know for the positives, which is we still wanted to push inclusiveness and diversity, and that message is now clearly out there. And hopefully, the game can learn from how to do it the right way and make it fully inclusive of all clubs next year. Yeah, absolutely. So many, well, before you go, yeah. Scott, how many grey hairs have I given you? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> Zorba's given you a couple too, no doubt. <laughs> and his family. <laughs> hey, well, well, Scott, can we end on a positive for the many listeners out there? Um, they're always looking forward to Friday night. This is going to be a huge game against Para, home game for the Seagulls. Well, season on the line really can manly win absolutely i mean this is you know we're really starting our finals football now to be honest um you know we we've got you know we know that we've got to win at least four out of five possibly all five so you know we're we're really starting to play finals football now so it's going to be an exciting game on friday night everyone get down there it's um you know we we're hoping it'll be a sellout yeah, it should be. Hey, look, Scott, you really appreciate you coming on and explaining the club's position, and um, you certainly uh, explain exactly how this situation came about, and everything is easy in hindsight, but importantly, um, people have learned from this, and I think it'll. the conversation has started, and Dino's smirking at me here, Scott, so something's coming. What is it, Dino? No, I've just Googled the chestnut hair rinse. I'll bring some down oh, Friday night for you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something was coming, Scott. <laughs> Hey, look, Scott, appreciate it, and the best of luck for the rest of the season. Terrific. Thanks. Thanks, Ray. Scott. Thank so you. There's Scott Pendy. You give him a hard time, you know, poor <laughs> no, I've done Scott a long time. <laughs> hey, well, now we've got one more Z watch to give away. So the question is, and you can call now on 1353 SMS, uh, jersey, sorry, not Z watch. I have Tanya, the producer, yelling at me. <laughs> oh, Manly Pride jersey. I'll get this right. Who, with a very famous NRL surname, made his NRL debut last Thursday night for the Seagulls? Call now on 1353 53 SMS 0419-767-272 for your chance to win a Manly Pride jersey. On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas. After a controversial NRL loss to the Cowboys last week, the West Tigers fought hard to record a 32-18 win over Brisbane last night at Suncorp, their fourth win of the season. Also Brett Kamali's first win as an NRL coach. At a packed-out points bet stadium, the match between Cronulla and Souths went to Golden Point, with the Sharks kicking the winning field goal thanks to Nico Hines on their third attempt, with two minutes 52 left on the clock. The final score, Cronulla 21, Souths 20. And in the earlier game, Canberra 36 beat the Gold Coast 24. Today it's Newcastle versus Canterbury and St George Illawarra hosts North Queensland. In AFL, the Swans thrashed GWS by 73 points. Interim Giants coach Mark McVeigh says the club was embarrassed by their performance and he felt the players checked out early. It sees them languishing now in 16th spot while the Swans are in fourth. The Western Bulldogs got off to a great start by kicking the first four goals, but ladder leaders Geelong showed their class, dominating after that to win easily 94-66. Collingwood beat Port Adelaide 88 to 82, St Kilda 79 over Hawthorne 63 and Adelaide 84 over the Blue Boys, Carlton 55. 
It was fitting that Chris Waller trained the last city winner of the season at Rose Hill yesterday, taking out race 10 with Sir Lemur to cap off his 12th consecutive Sydney Trainers Premiership. James McDonald took out the jockey title. The women's Euro final at Wembley is on at 2 o'clock tomorrow morning. England versus Germany at Wembley Stadium. The English girls, known as the Lionesses, are bidding for their first major trophy after having suffered Euro final defeats in 84 and 2009. Shane Van Gisbergen won the first race yesterday of the supercar round in South Australia. Meantime, here's something you don't hear that often. Mercedes George Russell has pole for the Hungarian Formula One Grand Prix. The Ferrari pair of Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc will start from two and three and Dan Ricciardo qualified ninth. Just as we learnt this week, boomer Aaron Baines has signed with the Brisbane Bullets for the upcoming NBL season. Matthew Delavadova will leave Melbourne United to return to the NBA, signing a one-year deal with Sacramento, but is open to returning to Melbourne later on in his career. Day two of the Commonwealth Games and gold to Madison Di Rosario in the women's wheelchair marathon, dominating the field to win with a Commonwealth Games record time of one hour, 56 minutes. She won with the wheelchair held together with zip ties as it was damaged on the way to Birmingham. South Australian 34-year-old mum Jess Stenson ran two hours, 27 minutes, 31 seconds to win the women's marathon, breaking clear inside the final 10 kilometres. Eloise Wennings was fourth and Sinead diver came in fifth. Liam Adams fought valiantly, sprinting to the finish to place fourth in the men's marathon, missing out on a bronze by seven seconds after leading for almost half of the race. In the pool this morning, gold to Katia Dedekind in the 50 freestyle S13 class, which is for the visually impaired. Katia also swam a world record time. Kiralee Hayes won the bronze. Jacob Templeton won bronze in the men's 50 freestyle S13. Gold to both our men and women's 4 by 100 freestyle relay teams. Both have dominated in world swimming in the event for some time now. Our women's team, consisting of Maddie Wilson, Shana Jack, Molly O'Callaghan and Emma McKeon, taking Emma's common Wealth Games gold medal tally now to 10, where she joins Ian Thorpe, Susie O'Neill and Liesl Jones. Our men's team was Zach Inserti, Flynn Southam, William Young and was anchored by Kyle Chalmers. Emma won silver in the women's 100 butterfly. Brianna Trussell took the bronze. Brendan Smith, in one of the toughest swim events, the men's 4x100 individual medley won silver. Elijah Winnington won bronze in the men's 200 free. Chelsea Hodges, bronze in the 50 metres breaststroke. Our women's artistic gymnastics team of Georgia Godwin, Emily Whitehead, Romy Brown, Brianna Scott and Kate McDonald won silver. At the velodrome, silver to Mauve Plof in the women's 3,000 metre individual pursuit. Connor Leahy won bronze in the men's 4,000 individual pursuit. Australia beat New Zealand in the semi-finals of the women's rugby sevens, 17 points to 12, and will play Fiji in the gold medal match. The Hockey Roos beat Kenya 8-0. In netball, Australia beat Scotland 83-30. Australia tops the medal tally after day two with 13 gold, 8 silver and 11 bronze. What I'm loving about all this, boys, is how when the athletes are interviewed after their event, how they're saying how good it is to have crowds back, which obviously includes family and friends. It is such a big deal. Zero in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just um, been 
such a so well, disappointing how, for them all. When we were watching it last night, Tam, when Jess Stenson won the women's marathon, have her husband and their little two-year-old Billy, child there. Billy, yeah, Billy yeah. was there. Yeah, didn't like his mum being all sweet. No, he didn't. No, <laughs> but it was yeah. The the, the it was great scenes there mm. uh, to see you know everyone wait and the great. smile on her face. Mm. Obviously, she's you know delirious because she's won a gold medal, but just the crowd there, just mm. just and she was saying thank you, thank you, thank you, but even before she crossed the finish line, just thanking the crowds for yeah. being there and their support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but in, in a similar vein, you know, the Commonwealth Games is the only international meet where para athletes and able-bodied athletes compete together. It was introduced in Manchester in 2002, and as each one has gone, the amount gone by, the amount of events is increasing. So mm. that's wonderful, isn't so it? The, and the medal tally is combined, isn't it? It's not two separate medals. No, tallies, not like at all. The the Olympics. No, no, These no. Are all combined. It's all combined. Yeah. All combined. And just quickly, beautiful picture on the front page of the Sunday Telegraph this morning, as you probably heard in the news. Ash Barty and Gary Kissick have mm. tied the knot. Good on her. And doesn't yeah. she look beautiful? Yeah, she's a star, actually. I love that dress. She's a more sports person in Australia for the last 20 years, Tan. I, I 20 years, maybe, but certainly not in the last not, five. Not now. Yeah, but I, not I now, not in the last five. I admired person. Yeah. yeah. She's Ash, just, everyone loves her, don't yeah, they? Just yeah. so happy for her. She's wearing a halter neck Suzanne Harwood design dress. There you go. What, is it, what go. does that mean, Ten? Is it Nothing whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> it means it costs a lot. <laughs> yeah, it means it probably costs a lot. Oh, good on her. Yeah, but isn't that wonderful? No, They're such a lovely couple and, and Gary's yeah. pretty much been there for, for the has, long haul, yeah. hasn't he? He used to play cricket with her in the hallways at Wimbledon before yeah. she'd go out and play and That's things right. like that. That's right. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, what a terrific couple. Well done. Congratulations, Gary and Ash. What are we doing this afternoon, Ten? Rugby League, Commonwealth Games, Rugby League, Commonwealth Games. <laughs> Actually, we've got a lot of washing to do from, uh, from our holiday. Oh, Oh. And we have no food in the house, yeah, okay. by the way. Well, as Garlow's pie says, Ray, take the night off from cooking. <laughs> Get the Garlow's family pie. <laughs> we'll have to call in for sure. I think there might be some in the fridge here. We might take some on the way out. Oh, that's the way. Thanks so much, Tan. Hey, we've got a winner for the Z and Z watch, and it was Julie from Panania, and she's also a mounting supporter, which makes sense because uh, it was on the back of Ebbing. Oh, that's Jersey. Get. Why'd I say it? You're okay today? I'm struggling, aren't I? The What's wrong? Manly Pride jersey. You're Julie still up Panania. north, aren't you? Your yeah, mind's I'm still, still there. Holidays, yeah. Julie, congratulations. You're Manly the, Pride jersey. You're on the Barrier Reef still. Yeah, out snorkeling with the fish and that little submersible thing. What about oh, this? To, I've got to laugh at Can I tell this? you one thing quick? One more story, then I'll forget about Sea Temple. Okay, room. go. Coming back from um, the reef, a little bit choppy. Now, I'm lucky I don't get seasick, and but... One person went, started a chain reaction. It was oh, horrific. Really? Tanya took um, sickness tablets, so she was okay. But I'd say probably eight, ten people, I reckon, probably even more. So you're really bouncing around quite heavily? Oh, not heavily, but you're bouncing around. You're moving. It was, it was choppy. Um, and the staff on that boat, I wonder if they get told before they apply for the job that one of their job descriptions is finding bags to help yeah, you know for the people that are sick because they were it, it was a tough gig and i reckon at least 10 people probably went down you know how you avoid seasickness do you know like flies yeah just stay at the pub simple solution no nah, well if you do get seasick no i don't go in the ocean hey no i don't go in the ocean we, we went um on a footy trip once um end of season food trip off the coast in sydney it was 22 of us right so you got Pretty fit young blokes. And we had all our beer and all our food. And the skipper said at the start of the... Took it just from... Um, didn't near the Harbour Bridge there. And he said, um, that side of the boat's for fishing. That side's for... Everyone laughed. The first guy went before we got out of the heads. 
But two hours into the cruise, two hours into the cruise, there were nineteen of the fittest blokes you've ever seen below deck could not move. There was only three was of us that up from there. the alcohol or the no, they were just, they all went one after the other. There was only three of us left standing. All this food, all this alcohol. It was the funniest day. Sorry, Daniel. A couple of texts come in, Ray. Uh, I did say before mm. that I respect the Commonwealth Games, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not my cup of tea, so to speak. Uh, Com Girl, uh, Com Games is like the LIV, a Mickey Mouse tournament. No <laughs> name on that, but I like this one. I agree with you, Bulldog. Watching the Aussies at the Com Games is a bit like watching Kramer doing the jiu-jitsu. Oh, I remember that when, when he's up against little kids. <laughs> the little kids, Jerry, were all at the same level. <laughs> Kramer was six foot eight. There's a four-year-old kid up against. Him. Very, very funny. Ah, uh, terrific. Well, we better take a quick break on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Listening to Dino and Ray. Talking all the overnight action. What a performance. What a moment this is. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Dino, with the Commonwealth Games on, I know why you're dirty on the Commonwealth Games. Why? No home and away, is there? Ah, that's true. So you're not, you can't watch your favourite I had a show. real problem on Thursday mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Because it was the biggest game of the round, Manly yes. playing the Roosters, Correct. and I'd own that story, so I had to watch it. Oh. But it was the mid-season finale of Home and Away. But you can tape it. Yeah, but I was away. Oh, okay. I was up at uh, Terrigal, mm-hmm. so I was... What did you do? You channel surfed? Cha- I channel surfed. <laughs> With your mum and your brother there. Yeah, well. no, I was um, in ad breaks, I was flicking over to see <laughs> Alf. Well, actually, one of our SMSs earlier said, did you... Um, also watch Neighbours. I didn't watch the finale of Neighbours, no. Mm. I used to watch Neighbours God, in the late 80s, I reckon, but nothing since then. <laughs> Ever a Neighbours man? Uh, I reckon I might have watched for about one month, years and years. It never got me in. So, But we, we did watch the finale, though. It was interesting. Yeah. Interesting point here, too. Nev from Maitland makes Ray Bullog. If the NRL goes ahead with the Pride Round next season, will we be talking about this again in 12 months? because there is potentially other players from other clubs going to stand down. Never made that point earlier. I said, look, it's all right to uh, push ahead with a pride round. It sounds good, mm. and it's good for the image of the game, but it could be an unmitigated disaster if considerable amount of players from each club decide to withdraw. So it's a tough one. Well, I think from what Scott Penton said, maybe using the expression pride jersey might bring the wrong maybe respect jersey Correct. maybe that's where we'll, we'll find out anyway there's certainly lessons to be learned Wayne's on the line Wayne good morning morning guys how are you terrific Wayne what do you got for us mate I don't know I haven't been listening all morning but I've got a couple for you it was yeah. uh, the pride cotton incident oh yeah actually a few people have SMSed about that yeah, yeah. that was um, a biz- obviously a bit bizarre and a very unfortunate yeah. incident Wayne yeah and the other one was a big Johnson and the rock on the track uh, at Sorry, Wayne, it's just a really yeah. staticky line. Just repeat that. That's Dick second Johnson one, Wayne. and the Rock. Oh, at Bathurst. Dick Johnson, yes. At Bathurst, yeah, when it hit the windscreen. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember watching that live when it happened. Race. Cost him the race, I think. Yeah, 100% right. And he was really upset afterwards. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Did they ever find out how that rock was it thrown onto the. Well, they weren't sure whether it was put on there or whether it was just. Happened to be there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it was That's bizarre. Good. That's a good call, Wayne. Thanks so much. Thanks for waiting for us there. Um, I remember that when it happened. Actually, someone else has written in Wes from Ashcroft. Biggest disappointments. What well, here you go, Dino 981. Dick Johnson, Bathurst, the famous rock incident, was leading at the time. Thousands of Australians had donated money for, for Dick to keep racing. That's right. And was it ever established how that rock got on the ground? On the no, car? Not, not sure on that one, Ray. Um, he yeah. thinks there might be a few. 
rocks being chucked around up the back there with <laughs> the schooners that they used to knock out up there on the mountain. Interesting this one too, right? Mick from Canberra texts in, these same Manly players play at grounds with alcohol and gambling. Hypocritical. Now, Mick, I, I'm not overly religious, but as I understand, and I could be wrong here, I don't think uh, gambling or alcohol is included in the Bible. So I don't think in terms of those players that alcohol and gambling uh, I, I, is yeah, deemed to be I know morally to wrong. I, I think it comes back to the original point <clears throat> about communication. <clears throat> now, obviously, when you would imagine that the players would have been informed that they're going to have an alcohol sponsor or a gambling sponsor on their jumper. I think the issue that the players primarily had was their lack of communication and they were blindsided by this incident. But as I said, that's one of those things we can learn going forward. Our next guest, he'll have an opinion on this and about how it can be made better. Phil Buzz Rothfield is joining us as always on a Sunday morning. Buzz, good morning. And well, Dino and yourself and others, they certainly created a a fair bit of controversy with this Manly Pride jersey. Good morning, Buzz. Oh, good morning. Good morning, uh, Ray Bulldog. Um, uh, just a remarkable story and one... Uh, that I've never covered in rugby league that's been quite as emotional as, as this one. Um, extraordinary story. Look, I find it very hard to have my sort of final opinion on this until I've actually heard from the seven Manly players. All we have is hearsay at the moment that they've done this because they weren't consulted or they've done it because of their religious beliefs, or they've done it for another... I want to hear from mm. Josh Alloway or any of the other boys, and it'll give me a better, and all of us, a better understanding of why this is actually... Mm. And I think they're entitled to express their views, and, and, and I really hope... I don't want the scoot. I, I, I'm happy if they put out a joint statement. But I just want to better understand from their mouths, from their words, what was the main reason why they refused to wear their jerseys. Because on face value, I don't like it at all. And I heard Scott Penn on radio earlier, and a very, very good interview. But if he thinks there is not a major split in the team, he has not read the room correctly. There is a major split. The boys, the established players who took the field and fought so bravely for that logo, for that jersey, for their club, to build on what they started in October last year, Sandhill being flogged at training, they feel that they're season has been derailed derailed by this and there was a lot of catch-up work to be done and um, look I I hope for the club's sake that can be sorted out they can find a common ground and get on with the job of trying to make the finals over the next five weeks. Buzz you knew about this meeting this morning Zorba has mentioned it on air this morning there is a player meeting uh, unfolding at uh, Narrabeen. What do you think will come of that meeting? Well, I don't know that officials are involved or if even Des Hasler is involved, but I know Des has brought in a professional mediator. So what will happen, 
the 17 players, or it might even be the entire 30-man squad, will meet on their own with a professional mediator to try to reach common ground. And I think what Manly is hoping for, and I've spoken to Des Hassel and a few other people over the weekend, I don't think they are ever, ever going to agree that what the seven players did was correct. What they want them to do with this media is get into the room, thrash it all out, and they both want both parties to have a sympathetic view of each other's stance. Mm. So what they're trying to achieve is the players are upset. They want them to sort of get a great understanding of what Josh Alloway and all the other players, and they want those players to get an understanding of what the how angry and furious the other boys are. And then they hope they can resume one big happy family again tomorrow and get on with the job. Five games to go. Need to win them all to make the finals. Yep, staying with I'm not mm. sure, though, guys, that this is possible. I'm not sure. How, how do you mean, Buzz? How, how do you mean? I don't think they can all of a sudden become a happy family, right? Mm. I, 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 I think, you know, there are deep wounds Yeah, you know. what happened. Yes. Those guys who took the field against the Roosters on Thursday night cannot comprehend, as much as they, they can wear the lack of consultation, they cannot comprehend these boys run onto Four Pines Park, sponsored by an alcohol company. They were at Sportsbet, splashed to, and I'm not sure whether it's in the Bible, but it's Christian belief that it's probably not a good, I think we all agree on that. It's destroyed lives, you know. Mm. Um, but it's it's an interesting one, and dog, I'll, I, I know you'll be working on it today, and I'll be, you know, really looking forward to the next instalment because, it, as I said, it starts a massive story. Yeah, it's so complex too. And a couple, a couple of listeners of SMS, what if one of their teammates is gay? And that's a whole different issue again, and it opens it up. And I think we've only ever had Ian Roberts come out openly declare he's gay and I think everyone would be have their heads in the sand if they didn't think they were more playing at the moment Buzz. Yeah, and again that's, I, an, that's I, a whole different issue but it's all part of this conversation that needs to be had about inclusivity and about acceptance and about respect Yeah look the, the people at fault are the senior executives at Manly for not bringing the players into the loop much much earlier mm. and I'm not sure what solution they could have got from doing that, it would have been a lot better than the outcome we had on Thursday night. Yeah, we'll see. Buzz, I read in your column with interest today, the Sunday telly, what's the buzz column? The NRL normally releases grand final tickets for sale as early as April. This year we're in August, well, we're nearly in August, and you still can't buy one. The truth is the NRL has yet to lock down a core stadium at Sydney Olympic Park as the venue. Can yeah. you run us through that? Well, in March last year, Doug, I, I wrote on, on, on the same pages that the NRL was trying to secure funding from the state government for Penrith, Manly, Cogra at the time, now it's Cronulla, Leichhardt Oval, etc. But to do that and to get that money from the state government, they were offering 25 years of grand finals in Sydney. That was the deal. And 
that's a big thing for the government because it brings in tourism, fills hotels, taxis, restaurants, bars, etc. Huge for the economy. Mm. So they've had a number of meetings since, but the state government put out their annual budget, uh, Premier Dominic Perrottet, recently, and there was no funding mentioned for these suburban venues. So Peter Volandis and Andrew Abdo have a meeting with the Premier and stewardess again tomorrow, and they are going to stand very, very firm on this issue. They are going to want a funding model in writing for these venues. They hope to, um, to upgrade. If not, they will look at other options, and Brisbane are ready with a stack of money to come in over the top and try and get the game to Suncorp. What's the delay, Buzz? This has been going on for ages. Why, why hasn't this been Politics, either rubber-stamped or taken off the table? But it seems to be sort of I, bubbling and or bumbling along for uh, yeah, years. Without, without wanting to bore you and your, your listeners with politics, I think the government has had so much on its plate with teachers taking strike action and looking for extra money, hospitals looking for extra money, nurses threatening strikes for extra money. And I think the government has been a little bit wary of handing out basically a billion dollars to upgrade suburban grounds and the backlash it would have on the electorate um, when there's all these teachers and nurses who are, in my opinion, entitled to more money. So mm. I think that's been the hold-up. And something's got to happen. You don't want to be fighting Peter Volandis on issues like this as Everyone knows. I really hope they saw doubt and we're, we're there in the first weekend of October at Acor Stadium. Surely, surely, Buzz, but anyway. Hey, Buzz, also in today's Sunday telly, you, yourself and Crash Craddock got the exclusive with some magnificent images of Ash Barty and her wedding. And Dino raised the point earlier, is she the most popular sports person in the last 20 years? It's hard to argue there's been a more popular one. Well... 20 years, uh, Kathy Freeman's was more than 20 years ago, wasn't it? The, yeah, the 400 final. Look, yeah. uh, dog, I, I think there's absolutely no argument there. Um, there's been some very popular sporting teams with the Matildas and the girls winning the World Cup cricket final at the MCG and things like that. But for an individual, I don't think there's been anyone actually. Well, Sam Kerr's huge, isn't he? But Ash just won the hearts of the entire nation. Mm. But I say not about Ash. My goodness, it's Fantastic experience to work alongside Robert Craddock. He's a great guy. He isn't he? is the <laughs> professional's professional, that mm. guy. And, but we got a tip off. Do you reckon he says the same? Probably not, Tom. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> we worked alongside for a very long time. <laughs> and um, we got a tip off, and Crash is very close to the Yash Barty camp, and he turned up the story, got the photo, and it was really exciting because we hadn't worked with, you know, he's a cricket guy in the rugby league. and Great, great man, Crash Craddock. Oh, he is, and what, what a great journo he is too. Buzz, had another column item uh, today that Bozo's two great mates, Zorba, our very own mm. Zorba, and the great Ray Hadley were at Brookie on Thursday night to watch Bob's grandson, Zach, make his NRL debut. It was a lovely photo you ran. Yeah. And, of course, Zach was what I thought. Uh, a, a brilliant, uh, enjoyed a brilliant debut, and he really got amongst it. He really did, and there's a really funny story there, dog. After the game, they were walking off, and he bumped into uh, Jared Wera Hargreaves. And Hargreaves said, gee, you're along the lines of 
he's your bit cocky, you know, the way, you know, you were carrying on. And Zach said back to him, described him as old, but something else that I can't repeat on this radio show. <laughs> wonder so, what happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you can imagine their conversation. I love the way he stood up and mm. um, to, to Hargreaves. He's a Fulton. <laughs> he sure is a Fulton. And I thought it was a lovely touch because you know how close Bolts and Sorber are to the Fulton family. Those are in particular. And to see them there with Anne on such a proud family night. It was just fantastic. It mm. really, really was. They're, they've been a rock, those two, for the family, and um, I just love seeing it. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Hey, hey, Buzz, in your column today, really interesting article. You've gone to Craig Coleman about the 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 troubles he had for player recruitment when South Sydney was reinstated in the competition all those years ago, and that Craig Coleman's saying that the Dolphins are are probably going to face a very, very similar issue when they eventually run on the park next year. And and you pointed out that South had wooden spoons in three of those first five years back. Yeah, they did. Uh, look, South were readmitted midway through July 2001, so they had about six months to build a roster to uh, to compete in the 2002 Premiership. And George Piggins, who was chairman, actually hired Phil Gould as head of recruitment and even though the Northern Eagles fell over, it was a really, really difficult job to build that side. And they came 14th and 15, uh, won five games their first year, then three wooden spoons in the next four years. So I've compared it to the Titans. The Titans had two years in 2007 to get this, in 2005 to get a roster ready. And they were terrific. They ran 12th, 13th, but then they made the top four two years in a row. And then we got the Dodgers. I've had so many knockbacks. So I thought it was an important story. And I mm. actually agree with a really important quote from Tugger Coleman, that story, that about we already have a couple of New South Wales Cup stand sides. Look, I know the West Tigers and the Bulldogs have improved a lot, but the Warriors and Titans are awful at the moment. But I'm hoping that um, the Dolphins can uh, hire a couple of couple more good players and be competitive next year, although it'll be a struggle to make the top eight. Buzz, I wrote last week, or the week before, that Craig Young had stepped into the stories leaking out of the Dragons. Of course, mm. Young is the chairman down there and said, you know, yeah. we are on the prowl and we find out who it is, we won't be very happy. And you don't want Big Albert unhappy because that face gets very, sure does. very mean. <laughs> but you've done a little shush in the yeah. column today saying that the Dragons think they know who it is. Yeah, well, that's right. And as a uh, player who will remain nameless um, uh, has been identified as the person who, a couple of weeks ago, spoke to another journalist and suggested that Anthony Griffin was off with the player group around the selection of um, uh, a few of the more senior players, like Josh McGuire, Andrew McCulloch in the team. Um, they're aware of who spoke to the journalist. They're, they have spoken to the player. They have made it very, very clear that next time, and it's something like this, there's an attempt to sabotage the roster, the, the spirit at St George, particularly when they're in a position to make the uh, top eight, it will not be tolerated. So I'll be keeping an eye on that one very closely. You mentioned St George. They play the dra- uh, the Cowboys this afternoon. It's the 4.05pm game 
Buzz, the earlier game at 2 o'clock, Knights versus Bulldogs. We'll start with Knights and Bulldogs. How do you see that game this afternoon, Buzz? Well, the Bulldogs have almost been playing like a top eight club yeah. in recent weeks, haven't they? Mm. They're, they've been outstanding. So, look, I think the Bulldogs will be far too strong for the Knights. I'm tipping an upset. What price in Georgia, Llewellyn, They were $3 head. I'm just coming back up again, Buzz. $3 head-to-head by memory. Yeah, in the head-to-head, the Cowboys were $1.40 to beat the Dragons, who were $3. Yeah, I've got a feeling that the Cowboys have come back to the field. They're not as strong as they were prior to origin. And I think St George knows their season is on the line. They have to win or they're gone. And I think they'll lift. I think they'll win. I hope you're right. Just finally, Buzz, you enjoying the Commonwealth Games? Yeah, I am, mate. I am. I, uh, I Look, I love rugby league. So mm. I flick over at half time. I flick over after the footy. Got an interesting... Colin Parr tomorrow, I've compared Friday night com, uh, Commonwealth uh, Games ratings to the NRL and the AFL, and I can assure you they've done very well, the game. So, interesting story. Mm. Any comment, Tino? No, I, look, I don't, <laughs> please don't get me wrong. I, all I said on the show before, Buzz, was that you know, I, I just questioned some of the, the relevance around the Commonwealth Games, and personally, rather than having 50 Commonwealth Games gold medals... I would treasure six or seven Olympic medals. Less medals, but for a higher standard. You're a poor, sad person. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, what about you, Abendigo? You love the games, but you only flick over at half-time. Yeah, but I'll... Hardly a dedicated fan. Yeah, but as the week pans out, I'll be watching. Oh, will you just? Okay. <laughs> who, who would be dirty on Australia winning a gold? I'm not dirty. You're <laughs> beating this story up. Dear, dear. You're beating it up. I just said. Back page and tell you tomorrow why our man Dean Richie's got <laughs> Hey, Buzz, good on you, mate. the games by Bulldog Richie. Yeah. I'm glad I got my column back. <laughs> well done. Can you spice it up? Yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks, Buzzby. Hey, good on you, Buzz. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the games. We'll talk next week. See you, mate. See you, There's mate. Phil Buzz. Well, Dean, Knights, Bulldogs, who wins? Uh, I think the Bulldogs win, given the form that they've been showing lately. I'm loving what they're doing with the ball. So I think the Doggies can secure another win there. And that other game, it's a tough one. Is Buzz right? No. No, I'm going to go the Cowboys, mate. Look, I think in the end, class will show. Cowboys playing with a lot of confidence. I think they can get the cash, although it will be a ripping game and a very close game. Yeah, the Cowboys want to bounce back from that Tigers effort. uh, Correct. But the Dragons, their season is on the line. Coming up on Racing HQ with Simon Harrison, Mick Wallace will preview today's big Forbes Cup day meeting. Of course, the Forbes Cup is a big dance qualifier. And Gary Harley will look at the meeting at Musselbrook. The Big Sports Breakfast team is back tomorrow morning at 5.30, of course, hosted by Jared Middleton. If you would like to revisit any of today's show or... Oh, so go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android. Dino, what's the plans for this afternoon? Uh, I'll just be chasing a bit of news uh, for online at the Daily Telegraph and for tomorrow's print version, a couple of games. So as always in Rugby League, I'm sure there'll be plenty to write about. More controversy like last week, Dino? Uh, You'll find it. If it's out there, we'll get it. Good on you, mate. And thank you, everyone, for listening for the last three hours. Really appreciate all the SMSs and calls we've received. We'll do it all again next week. Enjoy your Sunday. And enjoy your sport.